From the depths they come, the merciless soul raiders of the seas, the Idaneth Deepkin. To most, they're nothing more than a myth, a tale told to frighten unruly children. Yet the truth behind these mysterious elves is darker and more tragic than any land dweller could imagine. Judged imperfect and abandoned by their creator, Teclis the Illuminator, the Deepkin fled far beneath the waves to exist in utter isolation. They have since embraced all the harshness of their fathomless home in order to survive. Bursting forth from the ocean on a tempestuous tide of magic, the Ideneth fall upon their foes with blade and spear. With them come man-eating sea monsters from a sailor's darkest nightmares. Beasts of the deep ocean, trained for war and ridden into battle by grim-faced elven warriors. The Ideneth care nothing for plunder. The only treasures they desire are the souls of the living, for without a constant supply of this vital resource, their undersea civilization would soon wither and die. Striking with terrifying speed, the Ideneth reap their tally of souls, slipping back beneath the surface as swiftly as they arrived. Such is the obfuscating power of the Deepkin's magic that those who survive their assaults are left trapped in a mystical stupor, unable to recall anything of their attackers beyond a creeping sense of dread. For centuries, the Ideneth have dwelt in solitude, venturing forth only to raid isolated coastal settlements. Yet, as the power of chaos swells and war reaches even the deepest ocean trench, they are forced to join the great struggle for domination of the mortal realms. Strange and uneasy allies the Deepkin might be. Few of the great powers of order would spurn the sea elves' aid upon the battlefield, for their fast-moving phalanxes are powerful indeed. The Ideneth wage war not for glory nor riches, but for the very survival of their race. In this life-or-death struggle, there is no price they will not pay for victory. Welcome to the garage, you tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. Bringing you broken souls, strong souls, and filet of soul. I'm Dave Whitek. You're darn right I threw a dad joke in there. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. All right. I'm Dave Whitek. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Walker. Chris, my man. Hey, what's up? How are you? Fantastic. We talk Good. talking some fish elves fish today. Fish elves. I know yeah. other people have jumped in and gone gone <laughs> with it already, but uh, I don't know. I wanted to take my. I want. You know, I started reading this, and the more I started reading this, the more I got into it. Like I kind of like mm -hmm. these guys now. Yeah. Like I don't know that I want to necessarily build an army. Um, mm -hmm. Well, because I'm already building an army of right. you know, uh, and plus. You know, I got all that. Uh, I got, I got, I got to paint my cruel boys. Yeah, but well, you and I had a discussion earlier, a brief one about kind of like how we were. I was feeling maybe about the deepkin where I was like, I kind of, I sort of like, how, how are they better than like you know other evil races like Slanesh stealing souls? And and you had a great point about how like how Slanesh yeah, we'll definitely does get it. into it. Slanesh does it because yeah. he's hungry. Like he doesn't yeah. need. Okay, he doesn't need souls to survive. Right. They do. Right. Like, what they're doing is terrible. 
people. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But great. how you know? But if they don't, they die. Mm-hmm. So like they're making choices. You know, they're they're in an us or them situation. Sinesh mm-hmm. is like, I'm hungry, and those are the tastiest souls. Like that's just right. like, you know, I only eat white meat, not dark meat. Like that's not that's not a survival thing. That's a yeah. you know. Yeah, Slash so is more of a like get me some veal and make sure it's suffered type of right. God. So, so I sort of said so you know so the ends sort of justify the means, you well, know for yeah weird for the deepkin. I was like that's great if you're a you know a soulless elf, but <laughs> not so much kind of for soulless. the for, not so much for the you know the poor fishermen who are getting their True. villages raided. You know? All right, but before we do that, we got to do a couple other quick things. First of all. I'd like to thank our sponsors, who include Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore! Chaos Orc Superstore! And Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. For all your MDF basing needs, your 3D printing needs. Um, you, you, basically, if there's anything you need that's not dice or... Or or the or the models or the books, you could probably get something of it from Six Squared Studios. And of course, the fantastic, the wonderful, the ever-expanding mm. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, where there is always something and going to be more happening at yeah. Grognards. Have you seen the videos on the Facebook I page? Have. Oh. Looks great. Their new build outs really look oh, good. There's gonna be so much room. We could we could we could run at least one day's there, one day tournaments yeah, there. Absolutely. There's gonna be room for our uh, for our uh our uh path to glory campaign mm-hmm. when we get it rolling. I'm I yeah, am for sure. I am so happy for Todd. Yeah, it looks and good. I'm so jazzed for everything that's going on there. Yeah, they sort of did the same thing like this ages ago at like their original store, like I think it was called Iron Tower Games. They sort of had the space next door, which was their gaming space, and that was really cool. Well, like I said, I'm just anytime you can see your favorite local gaming store buying the spot next to their spot and expanding out to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So now they're going to have a whole dedicated game space and more room for they're going to get in more of their retail stuff. It's just going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. Right. I would assume like the existing store. I think it's just going to be all retail. And That's what I think, yeah. Gaming to, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be right. really cool. Uh, yeah. Let's see what else. Oh, uh, Patreon patrons. Thank you to the Patreon patrons. Those people Indeed. who think this show is worth actual real dollars. Um, and uh, they are fantastic. And we love each and every one of you, including our associate producers, Christopher Sanders and Jake C. Our executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. And uh, oh, um, the so John from last week or last episode, Sealander. Mm-hmm. It was Sealander. Okay, because I couldn't pronounce it. Remember, I was the guy. I was just having trouble. He did listen, which is great. I figure if you're a patron, hopefully you're listening. Um, <laughs> and uh, he did send me a message and say it's John Sealander. So wanted to correct that and thank him and all of our Patreon patrons past present and future for making this show and everything we do on it absolutely possible. Now Indeed. Chris. Yes. Did you realize we have voicemail? Mm, I have heard tale of such thing. We do have voicemail and if if a listener wanted to call in and leave a voicemail and be a part of the show, be immortalized on digital audio. <laughs> <laughs> what a thrill. <laughs> 
they could simply pick up their phone and dial 1-757-GH-SHOW6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW6. You can pick up your phone and dial that number, 1-757-GH-SHOW6, and you can leave a voicemail and then be on the show. Uh, most international callers with dial zero zero, and then one seven five seven G H show six. So here's our first uh, uh, voicemail of the week, and this is Jacob from Huntsville, Alabama. Nice. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is uh, Jacob, and I'm from uh, Huntsville, Alabama. And I, I recently uh, discovered your podcast. Um, it helped me get through some slow work days. Uh, listen to y'all coverage of the end times, and that stuff was great. I love all of y'all's lore stuff. Um, y'all keep up all the good work, and I will keep listening. It's direct and to the point. Nice. Likes the show. Enjoying the show. Listening. Makes me happy. Yeah, um, thank you. Next call. We have three total today. Wow. This is Sheldon from DeKalb. DeKalb, Illinois. Yes, home of Northern Illinois University Huskies. NIU, DeKalb. All right, so here we go. We got one from Sheldon. Hi, Dave. This is Sheldon from DeKalb, Illinois. I wanted to call and get some advice from someone that knows Death Armies. I've been playing AOS since right after it came out. I've uh, collected and painted a bunch of armies. Let's see, Stormcast. Seraphon, Lumines, Cruel Boys, Sons of Behemoth, Zinch, Beast of Chaos, probably even more than I'm forgetting. But anyway, my good friend just started Soul Blight with lots of Blood Knights and Skeletons, and it's been a lot of fun sort of playing against that and getting to see how they look. And it got me thinking, I need to start my own Death Army, since I've mm. never done that. So what I wanted to ask you, as someone that's been serving the gosh for many years, if you were jumping into trades from scratch... How would you go about choosing an undead army, especially between Flesh Eaters, Night Haunt, and Bone Reapers? Uh, I'd also be interested in hearing what Chris thinks, since he likes to collect Colossus armies, just like me. So anyway, uh, love the show. I hope you had a fun Adepticon, and uh, can't wait to hear your response. Bye. Okay. Now, cool. nice. let, this is a good question. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say he did make one mistake. Sheldon mm-hmm. wanted to talk to someone who knew something about death armies. <laughs> I have no idea why he called the show. Oh, um, come on now. <laughs> now, okay, you got four choices, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Now, yeah, so, Soul Blight. Yep. Which is the vampires. Night Haunt. Which is the ghosts. ghosts. You've got Flesh Eater Courts. Which is ghouls. Which is ghouls. And then you've got um, Ossiarch Bone Reapers, yeah. which is... The the newer guys, the really heavily armored skeleton, they're like weird flesh crafted skeletons or bone crafted skeletons, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, like I say, un- undead constructs. There you go. Un- that, hey, look at you with the twenty five dollar vocabulary. The there undead constructs, perfect. Mm. Now, personally, I am not the biggest fan of either the flesh eater courts or the. Ossiarch Bone Reapers. And it's, you know, it, Bone mm. Reapers, the models just don't do it for me. And if you don't like the models, I would never do an army that I don't like the models for. Because that's sure. where you're spending so much of your time. Yeah, you gotta look at them. Right. All the time. Um, although the Bone Reapers, their lore is fantastic. And I think they, I mean, they... 
I really like the cavalry segment of that. Yeah. Army, the Death Riders. Those guys are cool. Yeah. If you change out the heads, a lot of it could be could look a little better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I never quite got into them. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And I know yeah. there are other people who are, and they do have some decent qualities to them because they can be quite tanky, which... Oh, yeah. Which, which, I, re- which I really like in... Age of Sigma. I like. I always have just been a fan of defensive style armies in playing Warhammer. And why not? Yeah, I started off with dwarves. That's great. You know what? If you can't mm-hmm. break through my armor, I don't have to be that great because yeah. I can just outlast you. Mm-hmm. Which is a little more difficult in Age of Sigmar because stuff is the game's designed to kill stuff. Yep. So it's hard to be tanky in Age of Sigmar, but. Absolutely. It's still it's still definitely possible. Um but it's it's and like I said I remember when I was last at the last wall pack I played against Mephisto uh and his uh bone reapers. Mm-hmm. And um it was a fun time. I think and I think if he didn't have Nagash in the army I think I had a I think I had a chance. Yeah. Um and I if I recall I was playing my night haunt if I recall. Nice. Um now, if I'm gonna pick between Night Haunt and um, Soul Blight, Soul Blight, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. That's a tough call. Now, mm-hmm. I it would be for me between the two, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of both. Although my Soul Blight, uh, my Soul Blight, I don't have uh, the new stuff because I basically had all the old undead stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which if if you had to pick between those two. Well, plus the new the new night hunt. We know the new night hunt book is coming out soon. Yeah. So, so I might hold off, brother. <laughs> yeah. So I sort I I'm not I was not a huge fan of the Soul Blight release, the latest one. Kind of in you know, I just didn't really just vibe on like the models, the new models and stuff. So I preferred the Night Hunt just for that reason. I, like that was my pandemic army. You know, the one where I'm sitting here lashed to my desk doing tech support for work, you know, for <laughs> weeks, weeks on end. Just like, oh, you know, just painting Night Haunt was the way I got through that, you know. Um, and it was, I just went for a kind of a get it done army, you know. It's like three color minimum, basic, get it done. You know, I'd use all Tabletop standard. And, just oh, yeah. Tabletop. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to try to paint an army. Only with washes. You did? You <laughs> painted that whole army with just washes? My night haunt, yeah. The See, whole army's painted just one of those with things. washes. I know I tease you about having all the armies. Yeah. But when you have all the armies, there's always something to paint. And the fun thing is, like I watch yours and you're like, I'm going through it quick. I'm not worrying about it being, I'm not looking to win yeah. awards. I'm getting stuff tabletop standard. And I totally right. respect that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I joke. I am proud of you that you've been putting primer on things. <laughs> I am very, very proud of that of you for that. Uh, but every time you post stuff, because you are constantly painting and you're constantly posting, yeah. all of your armies, you're trying something different. You're like, I'm going right. to try this with this army. I'm going to try this mm-hmm. with this army. And because even if you don't like it, a you'll just repaint or do that. Or, or but you've got like 20 other armies, so it's right. like I could just try this on something else. Mm-hmm. Try this and see what works. And you do it all the time. I cannot believe you painted an entire army just with washes. Yeah, it was fun just to see, just to see if it could be done. I was like, wow, this is cool. This I mean, did you it. go back and, and touch up with anything, or you're just like nope. it's straight out washes? 
Yeah, so I base coated everything in I think Wraithbone. Okay. And you know, which is like the, the contrast primer. Right? I, I, yeah, I yeah. And I didn't use contrast paints because the contrast paints were they were too they were too vibrant for what I was looking for. I was like, whoa, that green is like way like it's way too much. Like I didn't use it. I used um There's used a BLT. definite technique yeah. to contrast yeah. paints to getting right. them to look good and that takes a little practice it's its own yeah. type of thing right because it was like too vibrant i was like i don't like that so i i used i actually just used beal tan uh like wash uh-huh as my green and then i used uh i think i just used the uh like uh no i think it was did i use i use my mm, black i think i did use i think i did use the gray contrast paint for my black and then okay. whatever, like whatever I painted metal, I what did I do? I think I just I I painted the metal with uh, I can't remember, but like all no, my metal is all uh, Reichland flesh shade. Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you really went all like I because I always will just use I'll use the metals like I don't care like even right. no matter what technique I'm okay everything is like one or two except the metal like I had mm -hmm. to bring in the metal just because that's just kind of how I always do it but you went sure. full on nice yeah yeah just everything is just a wash and it went it went really fast and if you kind of like if you look at each model like individual like eh but when they're all together they look surprisingly cool you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah whoa yeah. And then I, I did my usual basing, you know, which is like, which looks, which is always pretty cool. Yeah. So you would, if you were going to pick one to do, you would, you prefer to play in Paint Night Haunt? I think, yeah. I think I'm pretty stoked for the new book. So I would say if you were looking to be a death player and you were new to the game, I would say a new book coming out. And, you know, there's tons of, like, the Night Haunt model range is. It's very, it's easy. I think it's so easy for a beginner to get into it because you, if you want to, you can get into it and you can go, you know, golden demon on a night haunt if you want. We also don't have to. There's really easy to paint, I think. Yeah. Uh, see, it's hard for me to answer this because I love my night haunt. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, but I'm kind of also. I don't want to recommend an army or talk about how it plays or how fun it is to play when there's a new book coming literally around the corner. They've announced yeah. it's coming out, and it's coming mm -hmm. out soon. Right. I mean, it might completely change, and they might be they might be great, they might be garbage, or they might be the same level but not the play style that I like to play anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what I don't know. Mm. Um, Soul Blight, I, like I said, I don't have the new stuff. Yeah. Although... I, I have grown to love the entire new range of models. Like, I mm -hmm. might not use them, but I like the models. Even mm -hmm. the vampire centaur thing, because at <laughs> first I didn't know what it was. Like, it just right. looked so weird. Mm -hmm. And it looks like a Vargolf or a, one of those you know things' bodies, or not a Vargolf, but uh, uh, the winged, the, the thing that isn't a ghoul. Oh, the crypt horror? Yeah. The crypt horror, the and then the. Uh... There's like the Crypt Flayers. The ones that have the wings, whatever the yeah. heck they're called. It looks well, like one of those with, yeah. a, with a vampire torso coming out of where its head should be, which right. kind of doesn't make, didn't make any sense. And I'm looking at it going, that's so weird. It looks like you tore its head off and then you're in it from the waist up. And someone's like, you mean like a centaur? And I think the difference is the bodies because when they've got four hooves and you put a human body there, 
mm-hmm. a human torso that looks normal, but it looks like the front two look more like arms. So it's got yeah. two legs and two arms, and then a whole torso above its arms. As soon as I looked at it, as those two front arms were more like yes, they could use them, but they're if you if you pictured it more like having four legs. Yeah. Suddenly, it, it like completely changed, and that's so weird. Just the way you think <laughs> of the way someone told me, and I probably was Rotor, because um, we always have these conversations, <laughs> and he always points out stuff I don't notice on the models and stuff like that. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, if you think about it as a centaur and not as one of these other creatures that you know is on two legs. Once you think of it as four legs instead of two, it totally for me changed how I perceived that model. Yeah, that's interesting. So I like the models. Mm-hmm. I just don't have them. Okay, I have well, a yeah. ton of skeletons. I got about fifty Graveguard, and um, I bought. I, I I had to I had to add enough extra stuff to my order from Grognards to get the free shipping because you know you got to do that. Of course. And so I ordered some. I need. I ordered. Some, I ordered a box of zombies because I don't have. Did you get the new zombies? Yes. Oh yeah. Those are we'll talk about those if we next time we do the toolbox. But I got them, and nice. I think what I'm going to do now is because and and someone someone had mentioned because for no real reason, let's just say, mm-hmm. um, I'm just going to mention that I got the 20 zombies built, and I think every episode from now until the end of time, I'm just going to do a zombie update because I'm never going to paint a thousand, but <laughs> we've been talking about the thousand zombies forever. And I hadn't talked. I haven't talked about them in a long time. So now I'm going to do an update. So at least there will be. How many at least- do you have left? I just bought two boxes, so I built. No, 20. how many of the old zombies do you have left? Uh, I've thousand. been giving them away to the patrons for a while. Yeah. Like I send yeah. them out, uh, so I don't. And I only had like 300 made. Okay. I only got that far. So, but I gave away most of them. Because mm-hmm. they're the mantic ones, and you can't fix the bases. This is all toolbox. Why are we doing this? This is answering this guy's uh, <laughs> question about death armies. Um, but I will say this: if I wanted to start an army, I would wait till Nighthaunt came out. But if I had to start an army right now, mm-hmm. um, because I'm taking Nighthaunt off the table because you don't know what their book's going to be like in a in okay. a month. Um, then I'm obviously going with the Grave Lords. And I, loving my Horde armies, and I have all the skeletons and I have the Grave Guard, but I, yeah, I, I'd buy more zombies because. The new, the, the new, di- the new dire wolves almost make me want to do. The new entire. dire wolves are cool too. And there are <laughs> people doing like almost all dire wolf armies too. Oh, yeah. And it, it's, that's it's really strong. It's a real, and it's weird. And that's, that's why I'm picking. So, but I only can find one or two builds that I enjoy playing with, yeah, with my night hunt, yeah. But with the grave lords, I've got like four different armies, and that's like mm-hmm. not even really using the new stuff. And I got yeah. four different armies I would be happy to play. Yeah. So, because I like the horde armies. Yeah, the new dire wolves are. There's like ten of them. You get, you get ten for like fifty five bucks on the website. They're nice. God, the awesome. models are fantastic, and I gotta say, yeah. these news. Well, you know, that's a toolbox talk. Yeah, but <laughs> I would say Soulblight Graveyard Grave Lords. Okay. So we have two different opinions, which is fine. And I can't believe. Oh, by the way, we've been doing the this opening segments like twenty minutes long now. This is no longer an opening segment. This is just the show. Okay. Um, Welcome to the show, everyone. We got one more. Oh, come on. 
I got one more voicemail and I can't open the there we go. All right. And this is our old friend Brandon in the Pork Chop Express. So All right. Hey, it's Brandon from Columbia and I'm in the Pork Chop Express talking to those tools in the garage. Hey Dave, I'm listening to the uh recent episode and you're talking about the uh custom bases for your for your death armies, um, and I, I know that you're using the Green Stuff World uh, textured rollers. Um, I was curious, um, and I'm going to send you a message, but I think I might be able to help you out with that a little bit. Um, I just need to know what your uh, which textured roller you're using um, specifically, because I actually have a little side gig where I'm making custom resin bases using those uh, textured rollers um, for my own armies and then selling them for a little bit of hobby money. So um, I'm going to be able to help you out. So uh, um, just be looking for my message. And uh, thanks again for the coverage for Adepticon. I hate I missed it. Hopefully one of these years I'll be able to make it. Uh, hope you guys are well. Thanks. All right. That's so there cool. we go. Yeah. And uh, and I actually, I actually got back to him. And so mm-hmm. he's got... All sorts of he's actually got all sorts of cool bases that he does. So that um, sounds awesome. Yeah, and I'm I haven't I haven't I, he I haven't even gotten to check and dig up the roller stuff um, because I haven't um, I just haven't been able to get to it. But yeah. I am going to get that stuff to him and see see you know see what's up. So thank you, Brandon, for the offer. Very kind. Um, oh look, you got your dragon. <laughs> there he is. Nice. Um, what is Next, I can't even. Here we go. I think that's it. That was the voicemails. So that's everything. So we should take a break and come back and actually talk about uh, <laughs> the Deepkin because <laughs> we've been talking about undead armies now for twenty minutes, which is totally not the plan. All right, let's let's change the show and just talk about undead armies for the next hour and a half. Sure, just whatever. <laughs> just ramble on about how much we like them without a purpose or a point. That'll be great. Oh, that's good radio. Patrons right just start canceling left and right. Grognard's <laughs> just like shutters up for a week. They're like, get out of here. We're not even doing it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will be back. Yep. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hello, everyone. Hello. We're back. Hey. All right. Uh, 
Time to talk deep kin. Yeah. Ideness Deep Kin. I do enjoy the cover of this book. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Partially because it looks like he's like climbing on the rock and not just swimming past it. Because none of it just Well, they're on the ether sea. They can swim through the air. And and I get that and I understand that and I don't like it. Hmm. It <laughs> I I it's my one this is the coolest army, but it just I, I know they've got magic incorporeal uh you know um you know pretend sea flushing uh, you know that they're riding along the but ether sea i know and it's I, magic's magic water i know and i want to buy it it just seems it to me this that that's the, it's just silly and that's just me yeah. hey man i still think the models look nice i just think it's yeah, the giant sea turtle just like That's, swimming through the air, and I'm like, yeah. I know. You can, I mean, and it's thank, and it's and they all moving goodness. like they're swimming, yeah. and everyone around feels yeah. like there's. It's just I don't know why. I mean, and of all the things in the Age of Sigmar, yeah, I don't buy the fake uh, magic <laughs> water. The ma- yeah. let me tell you the ma- magic water. No, I'm yeah. I'm drawing a line here. I I'm not buying it, man. Yeah, no, it's a bridge a bridge too far. Now you pushed water. it. Now now no. I mean, <laughs> of all the things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the the, the turtle swimming, the sharks look swimming around. They look cool, and I get yeah. it. I am I am. This, this would this would only work in the mortal realms. This is it. This is why this is why Games Workshop created the Mortal <laughs> Realms. So they could do stuff like this. Literally. The Listen, reason. and I'm glad. I mean, everyone always t- wanted to talk about the fish people, and I always assumed the fish people would be doing sort of what these guys are doing, coming up from the sea and grabbing food and going back. But yeah. I always just pictured them as being able to be on both and the weird explanation of it so that they could be like swimming through the air. I know right. I'm hung I up thought, on something yeah, I, that has nothing to do. I'm hung up on something that has no effect on the tabletop, doesn't even look like the effect on the tabletop, and is just a complete lore thing because it's not even on the models, and the models are gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I'm just hung I mean, up on it. Yeah, because you can't really go the other way with it. You can't like pretend like they're actually in the ocean swimming around because then they wouldn't have anybody to fight because they, unless they could fight demons or something. I suppose you could have a nice blue mat. Yeah. And demons, then we could play demons, demons versus because they go right. down there. Oh yeah, demons can swim, I assume. And... Well, there's all sorts of stories about them or undead, yeah. undead. No, undead. I mean, yeah, Nagash totally. is just walking them down there, according to the yeah. book. You know, right? Totally walking his skellies down there. Go on, skellies. Yeah, I imagine a screamer of Zinch could swim through the ocean absolutely. as well as it could fly through the air. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. See, you could totally do that. It does work. Yeah. The other way. And once again, it's just me. I'm just look. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I hear so, you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> what are your first impressions? Is there anything in particular? What's the thing that stands out to you, if anything? So I, I kind of liked how they sort of made these guys kind of like you know they're the 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 spiky cousins of the high elves. You know what I mean? They're sort of the. The kind of that kind of got a little edgy tone to them, which some of them got a bit of a dark elfy look to them. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Yeah, um, just less of it. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a weird well, sort of like what's it a mix? It's a mix of Spartan and dark elf. Yeah, 
So they're kind of like, I mean, do they fill the same role like the Wood Elves filled in the world that was? They're sort of that in-between faction. You know how like, you know, I don't know. Uh, aspect, you know, aspects of both, you know. Maybe. Yeah, because like living in a hostile environment, because the woods of Athaloran were hostile to them. They yeah, every time totally. you read the fiction, if they stepped out of line, they died. Yeah, because there there ain't no elves in Sylvaneth. There's no elves in that army. It's no, all, there isn't. That's true. It's all woodland creatures. I don't know. Um, to me, except Alariel, she's elf. They've got to, to me. Special. I've always kind of these had a feel, honestly, of the dark elves to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're sort of ruthless. They're really. Uh, I mean, they're not. They are noble. Yeah, they're not as as cruel and needlessly violent. But I right. just felt their look and the way they sort of come up and the way they're just they're just they're raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. instead of taking slaves, they're stealing the souls and leaving the bodies behind. Yeah. But it, it did have a very dark elf, non-witch elf sort of uh, yeah. feel to me for parts of this. Yeah. Do they leave the bodies behind? I don't know. Some bodies stay behind because that's said in the lore, remember? Because then their yeah. minds get wiped because they don't remember what happened. And a lot of times they fall into comas. And yeah. that's and everyone know, no one knows why, but that's because their soul's been pulled out. But they're... If your soul gets pulled out, you're dead, ain't you? Uh, not if they pull only part of it or if they pull... I mean, your body... I mean, your body mm. can keep... You could be brain dead and your body keep going. I mean, Dude, you know... that's pretty grim. That's... Well, that's... That's... We should... That... Nobody talks about that. And as I keep yeah. reading that, I'm like, wait a minute. So they're pulling out part, if not all, of their soul and leaving this body behind that has basically fallen in... They're in comas. It's like, oh, they go to yeah. sleep and they can't wake up. Some yeah. people... Don't fall asleep forever. Apparently, maybe they only got a small part, or they were survivors and mm-hmm. didn't get their soul ripped out and didn't yeah, die. They saw, right, but they don't I remember don't, anything. Hmm. I thought it, that had more to do with the way that the magic of the ether sea worked. For I thought, people who don't remember, I thought, yeah, well, that's part of their magic. Yeah, is to wipe mm-hmm. the memory. But then there's those ones who just n- go into comas. Yeah, and it's bananas. Like hmm. there's some really weird, cruel stuff that goes on with these guys, so that they can keep going. Yeah. And the fact is, I, I get mean, it; elves, they're I twisted, mean, but they're also yeah. they're not exactly. I mean, even their society's not very nice. No, I mean elves have always been able to sort of, you know, they always have that ability to rise above humanity and sort of look down upon them and lesser races. Yep. And you know, not really care what happens to them, like you know. The elves of the world that was, you know, they would, they would, if it was suited their goal, you know, suited their aims, they would sacrifice a human town to chaos to save an elf one. You know, oh, sure, care. of course, sure. Right. And and Eldar, most races would, Eldar, you know? same thing. Yeah, Eldar, same thing. So, you know, I guess the the deepkin aren't different in that aspect. Exactly. Hmm. So, um, should we jump into it? I guess. Yeah. So you get your, you know, your, your every book starts off with your quick basic intro before you get the two-page uh, big art spread. Yeah. Um, and this one, there's some interesting stuff in here. You know how in each of the mortal realms there are bottomless expanses of water, uncharted and mysterious. The Aideneth would appear to be a race of sea-dwelling elves, yet they long ago diverged from their terrestrial kin, embarking upon a dark and tragic course. 
They spend their entire lives in the ocean's depths, emerging only to raid the land-dwelling races. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their deadliest power lies in their deep sea magic, which manifests most clearly in the phenomenon known as the ether sea. This conjured environment allows the Deepkin to fight above the waves with the same grace they display beneath them, and it brings with it rolling current, roiling currents and pockets of bone-crushing pressure which the inhabitants of the land are totally unprepared to face. So there comes in the ether sea. Now, this next, the, you know, there's got this big description of it, and I have it in my notes. It says, this sounds way cooler than it looks or plays out. <laughs> you know, when it says what happens, you know, the Aideneth yeah. raid, suddenly their heartbeats quicken. Uh, moments, movements become inexplicably slow. Dis- disoriented, they feel as though they are underwater. Their vision refracting as if it were peering through shifting currents. Now, that is pretty cool. Yeah. So I don't like, see the ether sea, but when the people who aren't a part of us see it, like their vision starts to distort, like they're looking through waves. Mm-hmm. That's a little weird. It's different. Uh, they're unsure if their eyes are playing tricks as menacing shapes seem to take form just beyond the edge of their sight. And then sliding from out of the gloom comes the stuff of nightmares. Knife-finned horrors carving a path through the air, snatching up screaming victims in their jaws, even as el- as the elven raiders atop them loose barbed harpoons and arrows. I'm like, okay, that's actually... It sounds kind of cool. Yeah. But it just... Once again, none of anything that we have in game-wise of any parts of the aspects of it you know, taking the effect of, hey, these models are seeing things like they're looking through water. Uh, I mean, I mean, the kind of like the I was thinking that maybe it, like the sort of the the turn by turn effects of oh sure, but I'm just saying plays into that. I'm just saying it doesn't make this look. It doesn't change the way that it. It oh. doesn't fix what I'm hooked up about. Oh, got you. Yeah. So, um, plus. Now, it says even here, these things that they do, their aggressive rating is not driven by malice or greed, but by necessity. Mm -hmm. And this is where they're probably a little bit more, like you said, like like your wood elves. They just seem more practical. It's like, listen, Mm -hmm. this is what we got to do. Right. Um, It's, uh, what else in here? Their aura of mystery is enhanced by the strange magics, summoning mind-eroding energies that echo the sensory deprivation of the abyss. Um, They can send their victims into a mystical stupor. Those so afflicted find their recent memories washed away, such that should they survive the encounter, they will recall nothing but inexplicable dread. Right. And so they can do that. Um. But then there are other parts in here where it talks about these people just going into a coma. And I don't know if that's because they wipe their mind too much or because what's going on. I thought they said that, but I was like, eesh, that seems just a, kind of a horrible uh, experience for everybody involved who's not them. Yeah, I don't, they, yeah, they don't really. I was trying to find out what like happened. Are they, I don't. Are they, are they capturing people and taking them with them? Or are they just taking the souls of the people well, as they rate? I'm not, you know. What uh, I mean? Well, I, if they if they're dying, that's why you got the guys out there to collect the souls. Because if they're dying, they got to grab their souls before they go away. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that if they once they if they captured people, I thought they just sort of pulled their souls out, and that was the people who were left in like the comas, and they could yeah. just leave them. You know, like mm-hmm. once they beat them, they don't have to slaughter everybody to get them. Right. 
that's at least how I read it. Um, but you know, I don't know. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. If there is any one race that long ago committed to paying any price for survival, no matter how grave it is, the Ideneth Deepkin, that's yeah, no kind doubt. of a nice setup, and that's just really kind of shows what's going on here. Yeah. These guys have just decided this is how this is what we've got to do to survive, and if it's this or death, we choose this. Yeah, well, they didn't really have any choice. I mean, it wasn't their fault what happened to them. Right, you know? but the fact that they're all withered and they're dying off, they could, yeah. I mean... I guess they could have just died. That would have been their other alternative. Well, that's what I'm right? saying. Their they choices... Accepted their yeah. fate. Yeah, accepted their fate and just If they didn't away. do anything about it, a 1% survival rate of all their new children yeah means they're going to die off it's just not a sustainable number right it's just not you know yeah. so the, you know, it becomes well we are definitely dying off or we can do this thing yeah and i get that i get their choice so i guess we should delve into why they had to make that choice yes the dark mm. genesis yeah um now it says their story, and their story goes all the way back to before the end times. Mm-hmm. Um, so great were the destructive forces unleashed during that period that the planet bro oh, is right, right up to the end times. Mm-hmm. Slanesh, who hungers for all mortal souls, but none more so, more so than those of elven kind, at the end of the world, it was gorged himself on almost the entire elven race. Yikes! Uh, until he was bloated and supine. Mm-hmm. He devoured them all, swirling their essences around in his gullet. Thus, when the newborn elf god Teclis, gods Teclis, Tyrion, and Malarian searched the eight realms, as did Marathi, they initially found no trace of their people. So this is an interesting take right here. Yeah. Because we know that some of the races, like all those, those civilizations that Sigmar found that came and went, mm-hmm. when you read the end of the end times thing, you know, a lot of people were dying, but other people kind of got sucked into... That destruction that when the yeah. gates collapsed, mm-hmm. and obviously some of them came out in the world that was right because we have these old civilizations there, right? Exactly. And I'm like, man, they didn't find any elves. And then they talk about how there were a few, yeah, very, a, yeah, very few, a, a, mostly in a seer, right? So I believe in like the world that was, you know, the end times. There were some. Was there some stories of some like elf? factions like you know using magic to escape right Right? but and then a lot of those still got found like that one that was hidden underwater that he found like to 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 realize that he the reason we're not seeing elves is because he slanesh actually got yeah 99 point something percent of them Mm mm-hmm that's, Wasn't there? I seem to recall a story in the end times of that wood elf prince guy leading a faction of warriors, whatever, to go fight, and they ended up trying to use like a portal or something to get somewhere faster, but that they ended up didn't going anywhere. Oh, you know what? I vaguely recall that as well. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that portal wasn't just straight to the mortal realms. Well, the mortal realms didn't exist until after the world that was was destroyed. It was that destruction that and that yeah. breaking up of the different 
wings yeah. of magic that create I mean, all, all that. Yeah. I mean, it was all so close at that time, I and mean, who the heck knows, right? I don't know. Right, yeah, but what I'm saying is it's mm-hmm. it's crazy when you think all these other races that we're seeing, we know a lot of them just were stuff that came through mm-hmm. when the world that was was destroyed, right? Yeah. And you look and like, oh, crap, the elves, didn't. they really didn't make it. Yeah. I mean, after all this time, there's still a few elves that live in Azir, and that's about mm-hmm. all they found. Yeah, it says they were merely a barest fraction of a once prosperous or noble race. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they trap Slanesh, and we all know this story. They yeah. trap him. Where, have they, did, did they ever go into the actual nuts and bolts of this story? How they trapped him? <laughs> yeah. Just that they trapped him. I mean, he was there pretty well. There was in one of them because I. I, There's not like a black library book where. Oh, I don't think so. Tyrion, Teclas, and. Because there's no. There's no. Because Malarian was involved in this. There's no black library fiction about Malarian. No, because there's nothing about him yet. I mean, I'm assuming that they're saving this story up for. Maybe. Something. I mean, because it's pretty epic. You know what I mean? What a heck. That would be a great. I remember one of the books, and it might have been um, Bellacor, where they because he discussed all the different chains that they put yeah. on yep. Slanesh and how they worked and how the different how the uh, you know that they all had these different paradoxes that had to be met. Right. Oh, that was um. Oh no, that was when. Uh, or is that Marathi? That was when the um. No, that was in Teclas. Oh, what? oh, okay. Wasn't it? Because yeah, that's when he went into the realm of he went into Nagash's realm. Mm-hmm. But first, uh, wasn't didn't Nagash? Yeah, that's right. Because all the Bone Reapers had been sent to go and take the all po- the the yeah the eight points. Yeah, and wh- whatever that story was from, that was right before. Okay, because they were there. Remember, they were doing yeah. that, trying to get in. They caught mm-hmm. Archeons. Uh, attention because they yeah. were getting so far into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you've got all of that. Uh, yeah, just all of that happening. Okay, See, now I rem- now I remember. Yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of story there that hasn't been revealed yet. You know mm-hmm. how they of how they actually did this. <laughs> no, how they locked him up. We they, we just know that they did with it's, yeah. I, I think it's sixty six chains with different paradoxes to keep them right. from breaking and right. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's re- it's really neat. It's a super cool. Yeah. Like this whole this whole this whole the gloaming, the hidden gloaming, like mm-hmm. excuse me. A region of the cosmos between Hish and Olgu. Like that's a thing. Yeah, they explain <laughs> that is because you got the light and the dark. They're sort of like the sun and the moon rolling around. When they yeah. spin around each other, when yeah. when the yeah. when Hish is on your side, it's like daytime. Yeah. 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 So they lured Slanesh there. How the heck did they do that? Probably because they were but there. Probably with letting themselves, him, yeah, right? Probably exactly. With themselves, yeah. Yeah, these malaria is bait. Crazy. <laughs> oh man. So what other? I mean, what other pocket dimensions are there around? You know, between realms. What else we got? Don't know. So not only do we have the eight mortal realms, we got all these other weird places around <laughs> right i mean there's just so much stuff they can do so teclas takes his chair they they capture slanesh they we all know the story they split him up yeah teclas and Tyrion and malarian and marathi each get a share 
Yeah. We have only seen Teclas and Marathi's share. Yeah. Marathi's stealing extra ones. Which That's throws she- things off balance, which is helping Slanesh to get closer to getting loose. Yeah. She's all about stealing stuff. Yeah. Um, but so Teclas gets his parts and he te- he calls them the Sithai or the Awakened or the yeah. Sithai. I don't know which how I pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's trying to resurrect the old elven gods, apparently. Yeah, he wants to do that, and he wants to. He basically wants to recreate the old high elf race. Yeah, as he remembers it from the world that was. Right. Um, they were not up for it. Yeah, they weren't down with this plan because something's something's wrong with them. Yeah, the, the just the light of Hish that comes in. They, these guys, they're kind of emo. Mm-hmm. And they're not happy with all the stuff that he's doing. And he keeps... Teclas knows there's something in them that's a little wrong. Yeah. Um, having been inside of Slanesh for all that time, did something to their actual souls. Right. And so as he pulls them out and they are creating a... There's something... There's something not right there. And Teclas, you know, thinking he can basically fix anything. Yeah. Even though he fails a lot, he's like, I know I could do it this time. I got it, you know? Yeah. Can't blame him for trying. Yeah. And so he does all these purification spells, and he's just basically using the light from that magic lantern of his mm-hmm. to sort of probe through and find and expose and burn out these bits of darkness. But it it's a part of their souls. Yeah. Like, it's not just a darkness. It's a part of them. And Yeah, it says, fearing, says, seeking to root out the darkness, the new elves shied away from this light of truth, and its glare sent some into madness. Yeah. Mm. That's, so that's they, terrifying and terrible. Right, so, right, so it says, fearful, fearful for their lives, the remaining elves fled. So nowhere in here does it say that Teclis is going to kill them. It doesn't say that Teclis' goal is to exterminate the Sithai. It's not. I, I well, don't no, think I mean, that's but, what he was planning on doing. Well, uh, no, I kind of think he might have been. In fact, there is I something heard? in one of the books that said that because it was Tyrion who told who who told him not to. Well, I. It says, no, he it was going to wipe them out. Like I don't tr- know. I don't. I don't know if that's. It true. says it in. It's either in the Teclis book or the Realm Lords book. It's in, it's in one of the books. I'll have to look. No, I remember. Cause I, cause I, I just I know what remember it says reading. here. It's, it says, I know it says here, it was only his brother Tyrion's plea for leniency that stayed his hand. But his hand from what? But I, I don't know. It doesn't say. It says, at first, Teclas did indeed intend to hunt down the Sithai, for he had felt in them an ominous imperfection. Yeah, what, what do you but, think but, that means? Hunt them down and stay your hand? No, th- he was going to kill them. I don't them. know. I don't no, know. I, trust, I do know. Mm. That's, I mean, that's that's straight up literally saying it. He was going to hunt them down. <laughs> what was he going to do? Hunt them down, He's, gather them all up, and have cake? And save them. No, well, why would you have to hunt them down to save them? Because they don't want to be hunted down. They're trying to get away, so he's got to chase them down. He's got to save them from themselves. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think there's but, any but, indication but, of that. I mean, that's 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 pure techless, right? He feels like he can... Yeah, but that. but then they would say that he was trying to go and save them. Why would you use but, a term hunt them down? Same, no, hunt them down has a very specific connotation. I don't know. You would think that in the I don't have Deepkin book, it was going to say that Teclas was plan was to 
exterminate these guys. If someone took there. off and you were worried about them <laughs> and you were going to okay, someone takes off. Yeah, I get the connotation you're making. I get it. And you do you say I'm going to go hunt them down or do you I, say I, I'm going to go get them? I'm going to go I, help I, them. I I I don't know. You would I mean, never I, say I'm going to hunt them down. Like the, maybe in fact, like the so phrase I, hunt them down Let's face it. It's usually found followed with and kill you. I am going to hunt you down and kill you. Right. I'm just saying, like, you know how they sort of they spin the stories to be to for whatever, I guess, race. The right. But it's about. usually told from the point of view of that race. You think the Idenes right. really felt like Teclas was coming to. No. no. I feel like I, think I feel they like felt. they think he was hunting them down. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what that's what I think. Yeah. I don't and think that's they, what I, it I, says. He, they knew he was coming I, and only and only Tyrion's. Please right. stayed his hand. Right. So my point is that Teclas didn't think of it that way. He was then trying why to, would then why would he was trying to, he was trying to get he was trying to chase then them why down would Tyrion and, oh, have to why would Tyrion have to ask him not to no don't go help I, them I brother know. please don't go help them oh you're right no. I shouldn't go help them it, I, it literally makes no sense I'm sorry I, I don't Tyr- know I think the, I don't I don't know I mean Tyrion is just like let them go just let them go. You you've done enough. But once again, that wouldn't stayed his hand has a definite connotation. I just I think, right. I think you're mistaken on this one. I'm not saying that I actually think that's true. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. No. I I uh, right. Because even I mean, that no, nope, it's possible. I, I don't think so. Okay. The, the, just all the terminology. He allowed them to escape, not yep. going to save them, and them right. escaping. That's once again none of those things jive up together. Right, but I'm just saying, and he constantly no, watched no, in no, here. But, but it doesn't come right out and say anywhere in here that his plans were to just exterminate. I disagree. Them. I think it's very clear. Okay, I think hunting them down <laughs> makes it very clear. All right. Um, but then we get to this, and this is this has actually got some very interesting connotations in this next part where it talks mm-hmm. about the you know the what what their big flaw is yeah despite the arcane purification to which they had been subjected souls reclaimed from sinus were irrevocably marked some descended into what some called is that what is that word it can't be malachi it could be malachi i it's, i think I, it is it's a weird word i was trying to because it out looks like malachi that. and that malachi sounds sound totally right. wrong that's like the Malachi Crunch, like you know, exactly squished in between two junk cars. I don't think yeah. that's true. From Happy Days. <laughs> oh my God, you're so old. <laughs> uh, a state of raging madness that ends in savage debauchery. Yeah. So it's not just madness; it's madness and then falling into excess, which has always been. That's a Slanesh. I was going to say that sounds thing, like Slanesh, isn't right? it? Yeah. There the, are dark tales of entire enclaves overcome by this affliction, sadistically preying on any mortal to fall in their clutches, including their own kind. Mm-hmm. This makes, for, uh, like, there you go. There's some interesting backstories and things you could do, some Black Library stories. I want to hear yeah. some of that. I know mm-hmm. Black Library puts out some of that horror stuff. Yeah. They, there, could, there could be, this is, this is a literal horror film right here. Yeah, there's your there's your entry, Dave. Go for it. Yep, coming from the sea, just you know, humanoids from the deep coming up and just stealing bodies, ripping yeah. your souls out. This this could this could be a Cronenberg film or you know a Roger Corman film too. I mean, let's be honest, mm-hmm. depends on your budget. But oh, that's creepy, and I love it. 
Yeah. Um, and they're always worried about Slanesh coming. And, right. And then all of a sudden they're worried about being contaminated. They're worried about what's wrong with them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Because st- still 1% of them are totally fine. Yes. But still, you look mm-hmm. and almost none of their offspring lived beyond infancy. Yeah. So I th- Right. So the awakened, they're sort of the... The actual elves that had their souls taken from Slanesh, you know, those that's these people. Then the Awakens, I guess, progeny are the people that only one of a hundred survive. Yes, right. And that's and that's. I mean, they're just watching their race die off. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is it's around this time that they're they're out there trying to figure out how to survive. They start referring themselves to the Ideneth, which means extreme seclusion. Yeah. Um, however, it also could mean different things. It could also mean desperate measures, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The extreme seclusion and desperate measures that, you know. You know, I love when this happens. You get some old word that means these very nice specific things, and I mean it's <laughs> it's how it is, but it just. Uh, I love it. Um, between losses to deep water monstrosities and those who succumbed to Malachi, the enclaves were rapidly dwindling. Yeah, and this—they're dying off. I mean, there's—that's it, you know. Until they figured out how to remove a creature's animating life force from its body, yeah, and others kinda... discovered how to put it inside one of their bodies. Right, so they just kind of made that jump. They don't really give us a... They're soul vampires. Yeah, they don't give us an explanation of how they did it, but they say they did do it, so there you go. Yeah, they just did it. They figured it out, and that's fine. Oh. That's yeah. fine. I sure. have no beef with that, you know? Nope. Yeah. Let's get to the story. You can, That's something you can flesh out later if you want to. Right. Like, how, how the heck did they figure that out? You know? Oh. Um, S- stay tuned. They'll tell us takes a half dozen human souls yeah. to give the Ideneth offspring even a third of their normal lifespan. Right. So you figure if it's a half a dozen to give you a third, you're going to need 18 human souls. Let's round it up to 20. Yeah, for a, a thousand-year elf lifespan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Other souls, such as Dwarden, Sylvaneth, and Oryx, work to varying degrees. They took orc souls. They yeah. must be desperate. They took orc souls. You know how much they look down on the orcs. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Um, and, but I, still, I, I, I like the fact that they're acknowledging that orcs have souls. That's well, cool. that makes me happy, too. <laughs> can, you throw the, can, can you throw those in the garbage bag there, please? And so... But they're taking them, which is, like I said, they've got to be desperate. Absolutely 100%. Yeah. And they're still at a 1% return rate. Um, what about, like, ghouls and stuff? Like, I wonder. Like, ghouls? Cause ghouls are alive. Yeah. And what's interesting here is um, the those, okay, they call the ones with the withered souls Namardi. Yeah. So Namardi are the 99%. And that right, word says, means both blessed and damned. Yeah. Those born with atrophied souls but granted an extended life 
Through a stolen spirit are Namardi. Yep. Yeah. Um, they, many of them, they have to go all sorts of, they have to undergo all sorts of stuff just to keep them alive. Yeah. So they're sort of, their development is slowed. They're not starting off and, and getting things done as early as their counterparts. Yeah, they're born blind, for starters. Mm-hmm. They don't have eyes. So yeah. is that supposed to be like a deep sea thing where... That's Creatures. a weird thing. I mean, because right. were they born without? Are are, they, are all of them born without eyes? Because that's a weird thing that they don't mention. Oh, by the way, ninety nine percent of our children live, and they were eyeless. Yeah, it says the Navardi are physically flawless, besides their lack of eyes, but far shorter lived than those born of their race's curse. So it sounds to me like the Navardi just don't have eyes. I wonder I'm, if that's uh, that's a side effect of the rituals to keep them alive, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Because that seems weird that they don't mention. Oh, their children were born without eyes. Yeah. So if you're, I mean, if your if your child is born without eyes, then you know he's the Marty. Like, he's and the I mean, Marty, I yeah. guess they, it just seemed weird. Yeah. Um, most burdensome, however, is the belief held by other Idnith that the, Mar- the Marty are tainted, a lesser class of being, because they require stolen souls of creatures traditionally considered low cultured and barbaric to prolong their lives. As a consequence, a distinct caste system has developed within the Idnith culture. Yeah, it's like, boo. and there it is. And I have it in yeah, my notes. Yeah. Like, yeah. number boo. one, I'm like, they take orc souls, they must really be desperate. Two, they take souls of lesser beings, and that makes them lesser in their culture. Yeah. Uh, there it is. There's uh-huh. our there is there is our elf racism, yeah, coming through, um, which you, you, we know that they. I mean, they're always like this. The elves think they're better than everybody. They literally look down on every other race. Yeah. Uh, and there it is. You have to take souls of lesser beings just to live your life. Ugh, mm-hmm. you are not as valuable as <laughs> me. And right. so there is literally a caste system where the one percent rules over the ninety nine percent. Yeah, and I know that's hard to understand and believe in our right. world today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just wonder: Do the Nomarty know that they're what? That they're the ninety-nine percent. Sure, they do. Do they? In their society, the Nomarty are all literally worker class. Yeah, but do they know they are? Did you read read the box out on page eleven? Like that that Nomarty that saves the you know the the prince he's just kind of like he doesn't say anything he just fights and looks at you know he doesn't actually does it does i don't feel like he's acknowledging the fact that he's aware of his surroundings he's just literally following orders and doing what he's programmed to do uh maybe i don't you know, I mean, I don't, I don't remember reading that, but I didn't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I guess I'd have to look. They don't, here's the, here's an interesting thing that we didn't really mention. Now, mm-hmm. obviously they talk about the, um, I mean, the Namardi, even in the, when you look at this whole book, when it does, when it discusses the history of the units, mm-hmm. there's all these entries, you know? Yeah. Starting with, um, what's his name? Starting with, uh, we've got the Eidolons after what's his, why am I blanking? I'm trying to find the page, find him. Um, No, no, it does start with the Eidolons. 
And then mm-hmm. there we go. And then it goes to Volturnos yeah. and the Achillean Kings, Tidecaster, Soul Render, Soul Scryers, Voltan, yeah. Morsar Guard, Ishlin Guard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm reading this. Yeah, so these are all, yeah. So those are all the war casts, right? These Alapexes, are all Alapexes, yeah. These are all the one percent. These are all the one percent. All those things are the one percent. Then you get to uh-huh. Namardi. Yeah. Namardi they're, really, they're literally called thralls. I mean, yeah. What's the what's the definition of the word thrall? Like somebody who's in subservient to a master, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then Namardi Reavers, which yeah. are just the archers and scout version of the thralls. Yeah. That's all of their entries. Mm-hmm. It's two columns. All, yeah. All of their the descriptions of their entire units are two columns. I mean, it's well, it's three, but there's a picture, so it's two right. columns basically for ninety nine percent of their race, mm-hmm. and then one, two, three, four, five, about eight pages, including yeah. pictures of entries for. Everything else, one percent. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I I don't know. You read that, and it seems like that, but they don't have eyes, and they're just basically trained to shut up and be workers from birth. They're like they're like worker bees. Yeah, and I don't make. I mean, they 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 they, they, they seem to me that they're like drones. Yeah, you know what I mean. But no, they have like, to have brains. If they if they if they can't be mindless, I because I mean, the I, other I, elves I, wouldn't put up with them. Then, well, it, it seems like they don't really they just sort of tolerate them yeah but i mean but they're worker class they've got to have at least enough intelligence to do their jobs and become good warriors maybe they're you know it's just like they've got it could be that super feudal mentality don't look at the king don't sit in front of the king don't talk to the king it's possible that's not your place I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe. It's, I mean, I was, it's an interesting yeah, I, take because it was. Yeah. He is. I mean, it, it, you ain't. You're not wrong when you talk about this. This box cut out. Yeah, it says that that Kalian's rescuer was an eyeless Namardi thrall, which now turned to regard him impassively. It says, "Get me loose!" Spat the Lokian prince, outraged that he, an Achillean noble, should have to be rescued by some half-souled serf. With haste, lest you feel the tentacles lash. The Namardi's unreadable expression did not change as it stepped closer, but Sinchayin saw slender fingers tighten around the hilt of its long Lanmari blade. His eyes widened as the Namardi raised its blade high over its head. The Lanmari came rushing down and sank between the shoulders of the dead Uruk, leaving its weapon standing in place. The Namardi bent and hauled at the corpse of Sinchayin's fangmora, raising dead Etha enough that the prince could free himself and struggle to his feet. He stared into the Namardi's alabaster mask of a face, and the thrall gazed back blankly, <laughs> like, "Oh man." Yeah, but they and but they don't talk to them. You know, you don't talk mm-hmm. to them. You don't talk back. You don't say anything. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. What I read in this mm-hmm. is he didn't touch him. Mm-mm. He 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 sticks his his dagger in the dead orc body, right? Then he grabs yeah. his mount and starts lifting and moving that until he can free himself. Yeah, like he so didn't even touch right, him. The, right, he didn't try to drag him out. He like right. lifted up the yeah, right. He let him get away. Yeah, didn't even touch him. And mm-hmm. I thought that that's the part that I took from that was just they are, you are completely subservient. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they know exactly who and what they are. They just aren't gonna. It just he didn't say anything, and without any eyeballs, right? It's kind of hard to it, you know, the 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 you know it, yeah, see, much more so expressionless. Sh- see, I'm not so sure if they are too aware of what's up. I mean, 
I, okay. I mean, maybe they aren't. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean this is... This is why we have these discussions to see what we think. Yep. Um, I mean, because there are, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we want to get, get into the reproductive habits of I don't as nope. <laughs> Moving on. So for centuries, they were nothing more than a myth. But now they have emerged to take their place in the world. Risking war and death to ensure the future of their race. Uh, there's there's some interesting stuff here now that they've come out, like why they've come out. Yeah. Um, the Is it Iron Rack? It's C-H, or is it I, Iron Rack? Iron Rock? Iron Rock, yeah. The Iron Rock Enclave mm-hmm. uh, has reached out to the Stormcast Eternals under the command of Volturnos. Uh, Archeon and Nagash are both... Looking yeah. for them now. They are. Everyone is now. Like, they are aware of them. The forces yep. of chaos are aware of them. Mm-hmm. So before, if they wanted to survive, they had to raid. Now, if they want to survive, they're going to have to join forces and fight against chaos. Right. Um. Yeah, because now the, the Heed Knights are after him. Yes, they have, they've escaped Slanesh. Now, this one part underneath the picture of the giant, giant headgear. Yep. This is the stuff that makes the AOS lore. This is, how I, this is the stuff that I find most compelling. Mm-hmm. They were not swiftly welcome into that fight. Mind-scouring magic might have obscured the worst of the Ideneth's historical predations against mortal kind, but it did not take a great mind to connect the <laughs> arrival of this mysterious new power with the coastal raids that had long plagued the people's free cities and their forebears. Yeah. So, like, the weird, mysterious, you know, boogeymen mm-hmm. suddenly show up. You know, the, hey, those are the boogeymen. Yeah, we know it's you. Yet Sigmar had made common cause with his with unsavory allies before, and when High King Volturnos finally met face-to-face with the Celestine Prime, these two great warriors recognized in one another a shared sense of duty and honor, however alien. Yeah. And this cemented a strong military understanding between the Stormcast and the Ideneth, though the bonds of comradeship remain strained by the latter's merciless and secretive nature. Which is basically, that last sentence, you could stick that in any elf book. Right. You can stick it in the Daughter's book. You could stick it in the uh, uh, Realm Lord's book. Their bonds of comradeship remain strained by the latter's merciless and secretive nature. Right. Um. This, I, I'm like I said, I'm reading this. I'm like, this is. It's I. There's so many things I like about this. This army's lore. Mm-hmm. There's so many things I like about it. It's, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> Because it's a weird, it's a weird, and it just gets weirder. I'm reading yeah. the lore, and just as I think it can't get any weirder, I find yeah. out one of them built their entire city, their entire main city, is on the back of a giant sea turtle now. Yeah. And yeah. the whole city moves around. And I'm like, wait, yeah. what is, wait, what is happening? Yeah. They're kind of like paying a little homage to like a craft world. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, what? Maybe. That's kind of cool. Um, there are, there is, uh, the, and we're going to take a break in just a minute, but they do have a great couple of pages here mm-hmm. where they talk about some of the different 
main forts and the pig the artwork in this is yeah, really it's cool. Fan- it's fantastic. Uh, the capital of the Iron Rock kind of looks a little bit like the Gungan City in just in this one drawing, although not exactly. <laughs> yeah. But there's some really cool concepts in here. There's really cool stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this artwork, and I like what they're doing with it so far. Yeah, I think my favorite piece of artwork is on... Where's that picture? It's that really cool stylized one on page 25. It's like it's like it's like comic book art. Oh yeah, yeah. Super yeah, that's cool. scary as heck. Yeah, and that's a big uh, monster too. You look how uh, he's right. I mean, the, uh, there's the there's the elf on the back, and that's that's a big mount. That's a big mount. Yeah, it's bigger than it looks. It's supposed to look like an eel, but that's a big eel. That's a big one. It's cool. Yeah, I I am absolutely enjoying uh, this so far, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we haven't even gotten into any of the specifics, right? You know, um, they're in. The, you know, they they flee to the ocean in in Hish, in the realm of light. Mm-hmm. Um, they're down there. They had to steal the the lantern that Teclis yeah. is using because you can see to the bottom. Uh, the water is so clear. You can see to the bottom in a lot of these. So they had to find the deepest, deepest parts of the water just so that the light didn't penetrate that far, so that they could yeah. hide out. Yeah, I mean, like these little these little circle outs, you know, where they zoom out or uh-huh. zoom in. So I, I love these. These are so fun. Yeah. The, the wreck of the Trum doll is my favorite. There's some great, great, yeah, that's a cool one. There's so much cool stuff in, in this with this bottom of the ocean stuff. Now, yeah. one of the things that I don't, and they don't really address it so much in this book, and it was in the others, so what was, um, do you remember reading the stuff that talked about how part of the reason they stay down in those super deep depths is because they're afraid they're they're afraid Slanesh is going to find them again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he goes after all their different emotions and sensation. That's what he's about. And they seem to and they seem to understand that very well probably because they've got whatever this is in them, you know. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a part of Slanesh because like you said when they fall into the uh the Malachi. Mm-hmm. When they fall into that, they they go into depravity. And it's right. that sense of that. So I remember reading early on that they stay in these deepest, darkest parts where there is almost there's oh, no yeah. sound and there's no sight. It's, like it's, like it's like a sensory deprivation tank. Kind By of doing thing. sensory deprivation, they're not using yeah. any senses, and without yeah. any use of their senses, they can't go into excess. Right. So it's harder for him to find them. And that yeah. that whole idea seems to kind of been dropped in this book. Yeah. At least. The, oh yeah. At least right. addressing it. I don't. I don't. It's not I seem here. to recall that from the previous. Yeah. As well. And yeah. I don't remember where I read it before, but mm-hmm. I know I don't see it here now. Um, they've made it um, a little less Heidi from Slanesh and a little more Heidi from kind of everybody while we deal with figuring out what our big issue is. Yeah. Like they seem to have more. It, it seems to be more of a. Um, you know, this we have to figure out our problem thing, and and less mm-hmm. less Heidi than it was last time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, makes um, sense. Time for a break. Definitely time for a break. We yeah. are going to we're going to pause here, and when we come.
come back, we're going to hit the um, the timeline because there's some cool yeah. stuff in this one. I got a oh, couple yeah. of these marked. Um, yeah. yeah, there's interesting stuff here. And then we'll talk about their basic structure of their armies. And uh, we'll talk the different factions before we uh, probably going to get close to wrapping up the lore here. So we'll be right cool. back. Yep. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons & Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section, and you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols, and if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic. Probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either, but you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards because as the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff, and you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. Hey, we're back. Hello. What's up? Hey, hey. Holy hey. mackerel. Yeah. No doubt about it. The Cubs are on their way. Hey, if they go 500 this year, I'll be happy. Oh, man. I'll be so thrilled with that. <laughs> they start off pretty good. Hey, I'm not complaining. I, You know, it's whatever. I, but, you know, I... I've been a I've been a Cubs fan since I was a little kid. I I'm yeah. in a, I am in an abusive relationship with Major League Baseball, and I know it. I know. So. <laughs> I, I I love baseball. They're on right now, the Cubs. Oh, are they? They're and waiting five. They're waiting five to two. Yay! Hey. All right, so let's look at the, uh, you know, they don't do it as the weird space timeline or as the regular timeline anymore. It's just a list of events. Yeah. I, I like I liked when they stylized it a little bit, but they went for depth of information because there's a lot here. Um, yeah. Okay. They so, go back to the freaking age of myth in this thing. Yeah. Well, they go. Well, that was when they left, right? They, yeah. 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 They left during the age of myth to mm-hmm. form their cities. Um, they steal the Ocarian Lantern. They. Um, Oh, I like the part where they try to go and find the old gods that Teclas taught them about, and nobody answers them. Yeah. Um, Forbidden Horrors is the first one that I really I marked. I really like. Mm-hmm. Decades after the Great Exodus, they wage a terrible war against the abyss-dwelling horrors known only as the Abholons or Chasm Dwellers yeah. for dominion over the deepest oceans. It's like, huh? 
Though the Deepkin triumph, many Sithai are lost, and all mention of these nightmarish foes is suppressed and forbidden. I got mm-hmm. arrows pointing at all of that because <laughs> yeah. that's you know that's that's come on now that's like a the that's like a what do you call it from the from 40k the two legions that nobody talks about yeah the 13th you know, wait, legion yeah, yeah they fought this stuff and now we don't even talk about it yeah like come on these are the brunos i don't know what's going on <laughs> but this is something where i'm going to you're going to see another army show up at some point I'm, who knows right yeah it would be interesting. Maybe it's another chaos type army, or maybe it's just something that you know they got in their back pocket. But that's there's there's stories there. Oh, for sure. Um. Now, oh, here we go. The sleeping city. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Iron Rock Enclave depletes all the fishing villages along the coast of Chostafe, but they require more souls. Mustering all their forces, they invade the underhalls of the Dwarden of <laughs> Gronbeck. They fight hard to protect their treasure hordes, yet by the end of the battle, half the mountain hold inhabitants are dead and the remainder lie sleeping, never to awaken. Yeah. Not a single gemstone nor ingot of gold is taken. <laughs> I, I love that part at the end. <laughs> yeah. They were all killed. Nobody, they, they, the stuff that everybody else would take is left. Yeah, they just left. They just killed, killed half the people. See, and, and that's then, my guess is they won the yeah. battle and then these guys, A, they got to hit the forgetful spell on them, but I think, I, I, I just... And I don't have a textual backup for it here, mm-hmm. but I feel like those guys have had their souls ripped out. Yeah, it says the remainder lies sleeping, never to awaken. Like, hmm. yeah, they just they're sitting there like living brain dead. I guess. Um, I, mean, that, I mean, I assume that's what would happen if your soul got taken out. You'd either die or you just yeah. Like just, yeah, the body yeah. just keeps going, but you don't wake up. You don't do anything, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a flotsam island? <laughs> a number of gigantic uh, yeah. flotsam islands populated by oryx drift too close to their territory. So I would assume that would be just like like a floating sea. Of garbage? Like, of just garbage. Yeah, That's just insane. Yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. And why are there orcs living on it? What is going on? Yeah, so it's like a gigantic, like, garbage boat that's uh-huh. like out in the out in the middle of the water just like wreaking havoc <laughs> yeah and then you got the nautilar in here they established a city atop the shell of a giant uh, scaphodon a continent-sized beast that wanders the seabeds of gur mm-hmm. if it's continent-sized how like <laughs> i just okay <laughs> you look at the maps of gur and there are giant continents and giant oceans yeah, but the giant oceans don't seem giant enough that you could fit multiple continents <laughs> in the. O- you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. if if I'm basing continent sized on what is above the water there, mm-hmm. it seems like a weird thing. Uh, you know, the well, proportions in this game sometimes get wonky. Um, yeah, maybe that's a exaggeration. <laughs> continent continent size. Well, and it's it's like. Uh, it's like Mr. DeWitt says on the uh, Legends of the Painty Men, like when they talk about Sigmar and them fighting for 12 days, mm-hmm. he's like, he always changes that to hours mm. because 12 days sounds stupid. He's like, so they didn't <laughs> eat or go to the bathroom. And right. he's always bringing up how he changes days to hours. <laughs> Sigmar like, doesn't need to go to the bathroom. Like continent, like, okay, continent, because here's the thing. 
even yeah. these might these giant empires that are built aren't continent sized. You don't need it to be continent sized. It could be Texas sized, and that would be plenty o size to have yeah. your your you know your thing on. So it seems crazy to me. <laughs> um, a scapodon. Yeah. Anything Which, else here jump out to you? I like. Uh, um, yeah, I kind of like so like back a little bit. I like the the white blade, you know, story. You know, the sword, you know, enchanted by Teclas himself. That sounds cool. Oh yeah, that's a that's a that is an interesting one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, and then kind of like you know leading up until the actual Age of Sigmar stuff, where the uh, you know so the they kind of have to make themselves known. You know, it's like here they come. Yeah, I did like um, when Archeon realizes they're there. Yeah, and so he sends the Skaven to go find them because with <laughs> yeah. their with their ramshackle warpstone powered vessels capable of penetrating the yeah. depths and yeah. their utter disregard for the lives of their own kind, <laughs> they are uniquely suited for this task. Uh, sure, we'll do have, it. Yeah, yeah, but they have they have warpstone powered submarines pretty awesome yep but once again and an utter disregard for the lives of their own yeah um also then uh the captar sea the skaven do a gnaw hole into the bottom of the sea and wherever this gnaw hole is leading to they literally put a hole in the bottom of the sea and yeah. turned and it would acted as as a sink drain Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <laughs> the sea drains yeah. like your sink and <laughs> suddenly there they are and there's <laughs> there's Nagash like uh, who are you and what are you even doing here Yeah. so now he's got now he's got them his skeletons searching scouring the bottom of the seas looking for anybody who might be hiding and not paying their tithe right <laughs> um, in the Necroquake, I have a note here saying I never quite understood how or why the Shyish Nadir worked, and now I do. Okay, uh, it's right in that that Necroquake, the first part, and I guess yeah. it's just yeah. the way you quickly explained it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wait, okay. I mean, I, I knew I read that, and I kind of got it, but I just it read it this time, and for some reason, this clicked for me. Yeah, the inverted pyramid yeah because well he brought all the stuff from the outside here's the thing i knew all the magic and realm stone around the edge was now brought to the center right and i knew that caused this spell and all this stuff happening i didn't realize that it started drawing because they never mentioned how if the realm stone is on the edges it's not pulling the center of the realm outward Mm-hmm. But now if you pulled it all in, now it's pulling the outer edges of the realm inward. And I, maybe it's because of the vast concentration in one spot. Yeah. But it's like the the inverted pyramid is actually pointing at the spot where there is so much magic that it's dragging the rest of all the bits of the realm in yeah. towards the center. I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's a good explanation. Um. And then there he goes. I thought it was also interesting that when all this is happening, then Nagash is attacking, and reluctantly they go to help them um, because if they don't go help all these people that Nagash is attacking, they're not Mm going to have anyone to attack themselves. Yeah. So they're going to save them so that they can go and steal their souls later. (laughs) 
That's the ultimate pragmatism right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're sort of getting into the 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 books, the Marathi and yeah, Valacor books are coming in though. Volturnos's Fury. Did you read this? Because I've got arrows yeah. and question marks all pointing at this. Okay. Did you read this with, one? It's on the with uh, oh over the yeah. Yeah, it's at the very last column. It's only mm-hmm. a paragraph. Yep. While battling Slaneshi revelers of the lurid haze, he is overcome with a sudden spell of savage fury and slaughters the Hedonites with uncharacteristic relish. Yeah. After the battle, he retires to his royal chambers and is not seen for many days. Right. What's going on here? Yeah, it sounds like a little Malachi going on, right? You know, well, they've also got, I mean, he was fighting with the Slaneshi, the lurid haze. They could have totally been, you know, he could have been drugged. Yeah, uh, the soporific musks of the Slanesh uh, followers could ha- sure. could have had a, something to do with it. Yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, Volturnos. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's an original. He awakened. is. He's the is last. He, is he the last of? He the is awakened? the last of the original. Yes. Yeah. It says that a couple of times, including in his specific bio. Yeah. He is the last one, and right. so he is a. You know, he's basically a creature of Slanesh. You know, he born was of- Teclis's favorite. He was sort of the leader back before they ran. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot that going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super interesting, though, that he, um, that he gets overcome by this because that you don't know what that is, but it can't be good. Right. You know what I mean? No, for sure. So I'm just reading that going, uh oh, well what what what's gonna happen next? I mean I know it's and it's it's like the it's not it's the second to last entry too. So they're trying this is usually where they put the stuff where they're building up, you know, lore, you know. Right. And yeah, I I had the same thought in my mm-hmm. head, which is like mm-hmm. this is something this is an important plot point that we're seeing right here, right now. Right. This is going to be relevant later, and we need to we need to be paying attention, yeah. um, because this is going to show up in Black Library. I'm certain of it. Yeah, or it's going to be in like another one of the expansion series that they do. You know, as they further the the story. I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to get another r- round of, you know, Teclas, Bellacor. Oh, sure, know, not Marathi for a while, books. but yeah, not for a while. But you know, maybe when they. They introduced the new season on us, you know, after the, the Gur realm of Gur stuff. Yeah. But so there's most of the timeline stuff, and then they talk about them going to war. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So they do all these raids, and e- an army is called a phalanx, mm-hmm. and each has three components: the leadership, the soul warden, and the troops. Right. And I'm like, okay, got you. The leadership, the soul. You got to have a soul warden. Well, we'll get into that. But so you've got yeah. your, your, your Achillean king, your tide caster, and your soul scryer. Right. And they're the command group. I like this. They all they all defer to the king, but they each all have authority. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the soul warden is sort of off on his own little thing because he is. 
he's the guy who's in charge of keeping track of all the gathering up the souls. He's working with the guys who do the gathering and the collecting and all that stuff. Yeah, he's kind of in charge of the business end of the raids. You know, why why yes. are we doing this? Oh, it's for these souls. This guy's in charge of that. Yeah, the discipline yeah. is one of calculation, procurement, and provision. So he's yeah. watching over all of that. Yeah. So, and you've got to have your tide caster and your soul scryer because these are the two guys who are going to bring in your ether sea and do your magic. Yeah, the Tidecaster's in charge of like creating the Ether Sea and getting you know directing where you want it and that kind of thing. Right. So you've basically mm-hmm. got all of your bits and bobs taken care of. You and it, this is a rather complicated. I mean, and when I say complicated, I, I mean there's other assortments you know that have lots of other things. These just go with little groups of threes. It's actually quite simple. They're major armies, but they're command structure it's very much we we need all of these things we can't yeah. go to battle without a soul warden you, yeah. the, you got a king leading you and a tide caster and a soul scryer yeah i mean they're um, an elite they're an elite force so you know they yeah they kind of kind of i guess it's sort of this sort of organization kind of reinforces that fact yeah i think i just think and game wise if i was writing a list um you know, I'm, and I don't really write lists for this because I never got into this army. Mm-hmm. Um, although I am enjoying the lore, and when we cover the war section, maybe I'll try to write a couple. But yeah. I'm wondering if, when you write a list, if those four, if you always have a king, a tidecaster, a soul scryer, and a soul warden in your army, or if, mm-hmm. if, if you know what I'm saying, because it sounds yeah. like this for them to go to battle, they have to have all these things to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, it's not required in the game to do that, obviously, but no. But it's interesting that it is in here, and then the rest of it is just all all broken up and used that way. It's like, oh, okay, I'm kind of curious as to how this how this actually works. Yeah, because um, I also haven't played against it in God knows how long. It's been, I mean, I didn't play against um, these guys for at least a year before COVID. Mm-hmm. You know. Alex brought him against me once or twice, and then I didn't really see anybody else play him against me. Yeah. I played against one dude. Some dude at a, at a tournament had him. Uh, but even he was playing super fluffy at the time. It was uh-huh. before they got all their boosts, and he had, like, I have one big turtle, and I have three eels, and I have three sharks, and he just took a little of everything. A little of everything, which is cool. Which was And it was fun to play against, and we it was, it was touch and go for both of us at times because some of that mm-hmm. stuff can really hit. But he didn't yeah. just have. I just have all eels. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. Eel, yeah. I sold you know, that to buy my all dragon army. <laughs> you know how we were talking about the the the, the Namardi earlier. There yes. is a there is a there is a, sec- a paragraph in this area which kind of explains maybe a little bit more about them. Okay. It says uh, it's on page twenty three. Says unlike their Achillean masters, not all Namardi serve in the military. Only the most athletic and skilled are chosen for this duty. The rest become laborers under the direction of the various Isharan fanes. Those Namardi who are selected to join the phalanxes do so willingly, for none understand better the need to acquire more souls for the Corellians. I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah. Because that that implies to me that the Namardi actually have will because they can choose. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean they have to. They can't. I mean they're elves. They're not. They're they they're. There's no such thing as a moronic elf. 
yeah. least not in this world, right? They're, mm-hmm. They have to be smart and clever. These guys right. are just, I mean, they're, 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 it says their souls are withered. It says that they generally die from this. So they're probably, even though they are, it says they're physically perfect, mm-hmm. but they don't live long and they can't be all that great. Only the, you know, the best go into, pl- to go to war. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, and he, and once again, of course, the rest of them are, are the worker class because you have to, in this caste system, you have to have a worker class. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a worker class. I mean, there got to be workers everywhere, right? Someone's got to do the work. Sure, but it's all these guys, and that's what's crazy. Yeah. Once again, all this stuff we're talking about is the Achelians. Yeah. Everything we're talking about is Achelians. The Namardi, those eyeless yeah. guys, we haven't talked about them really at all. Except yeah. for I mean, we did talk about that one box out with them. But the, mm-hmm. the, the 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 this lore itself has given almost no time whatsoever to them. That's yeah, how, which is which, which is a shame because I think it's fascinating. Right, but it also goes to the whole thing we you always talk about it being told they're just they are not considered anything important in this society. Right. Um, so let's see. You've got an Achelian battalion. There are three formations of uh, Achelian guard and Leviathan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and now what is interesting is that the Achelians are the 1%. And regardless of gender, all Achelians go into military service. They see it as an honor. All promotions are based on skill and leadership ability. They all right. go into the armies, and they all have to distinguish themselves to become an Achelian king, unless you've got uh, the magical powers, and they talk about that later. If you're mm-hmm. tagged as magical, you go into the, um, because that they break them down. What are the two? The Achelians have what? They've got, um, those are the the Ishran and the, Ache- the, the Achelians. Ishran, are, Ishran, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Ishran are your wizards, and the Achelians right. are your non-wizard one percent. Yeah. Um, and I love how it also talks about here how there is literally no sort of um, bloodline promotions. Like, you know, there, yeah. nothing goes – because even the people who have – even the 1%, mm-hmm. it's not like they're having the 1% children. Right. That is completely random. And you could have two completely healthy one percenters. Mm-hmm. And have a bunch of kids, and they'll all be part of the 99%. It doesn't follow any. So however you're born, you are just put into that level of service. You're either the guys who are going to grow up to be the leaders or you're all the other crap. Right. And it's just, it's it's crazy as you read through this how that works. I also like. I just just wonder how I don't know society works. It's like it's got to just be. <laughs> it's just they're practically slave. They're okay. It's literally the feudal system. Yeah, but it's, it's but literally it's, but the feudal system. But there are less layers in the middle. Yeah, but but it's completely random, though. You know what I mean? Like, you, oh yeah. I mean, well, and that's why their whole society. Every okay, the the Ishar, the Isharan or Asharan. I don't know how to pronounce. That's you mm-hmm. know what. That's what I'm gonna do. Next time I talk to, I'm gonna just. Can somebody please? That's my big request. I'm gonna talk to my friends at Games Workshop and be like, "Can somebody <laughs> please tell me? How, give me a pronunciation chart for these things." They they put one out in a White Dwarf a couple issue a couple issues ago. Oh good, where they have one. Yeah, but so 
you got, you know, the magic half of the one percent. Mm-hmm. And they are basically taken at a young age and taught to do the magic because that's super super important. Find out what he's adept in. He's either going to be throwing ether sea around or mm-hmm. doing healing or pulling souls or fixing souls. That's their job. Everybody else with a solid soul is going into the military. Yeah. As and they're they're going right into ROTC. They're going into the tra- they're going to officers train like but they all start off as your basic warrior. Yeah, and they have to prove themselves to move up. It's totally based on merit because mm-hmm. you can't base anything on bloodlines since their bloodline is even the one percent are obviously got a corruption because right. they can birth children with corruption. There's mm-hmm. something that you know maybe it's their recessive genes, but it's there. This is yes. really cool. I mean, who can? I guess my. I guess. I have questions about how their society works. Like who who can who can reproduce? Can the can the Namardi reproduce, or yes. is it only Achilleans? No, they no. Everyone can reproduce because uh, Namardi can have. It's it's completely random. It says I I thought yeah. I read Namardi can have Achilleans children. Yeah, I, I I was trying to find reference to that somewhere, and I couldn't really find anything. There's, the crazy thing is, yeah, their society, there's got to be almost no parental mm-hmm, connection right. because if your child is born and you're, if you're an Achillean and you have a Namardi child, that mm-hmm. child has to automatically, it says in there that the Namardi, one of the few things it says about them is they spend their first few years going through all sorts of magical procedures just to make them live and survive, right? right? Right. Yeah. So they take them at this young age and they're constantly being worked on to survive. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once they're okay, they get shipped off to the worker class. It's not like they go. It's not like it's not like Junior is heading off to his crappy, crappy worker job and then coming home to the king's castle and being like, what's up, Ma? Right. That ain't happening. No. So like the familial ties in this society is the part that seemed to be almost non-existent. Right. Which is very non well, I guess it's very non-elf-like from what we're used to, because that was all about lineage and, you know, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, and this is a compl- and this, this is the part that I find interesting, although horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, so every Achillean gets put into the military, and if you prove yourself, if you are good, eventually you could make it up to being named a king. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like they have their necessarily their own full kingdoms. They're just at the top of society. That's like a top level. Yeah. You know? Because it doesn't... I mean, it seems like eventually more people are going to be named kings. Or, or do they just name them kings when the old king dies? Like, do they literally just have these different enclaves? I, I would think so. I mean, I think you can get high up in Achillean society and not be a king, and then if you're a good enough warrior, when that other guy dies, you no, become see, in fact, it. Yeah. But I don't think. See, but I don't think king means leader of because of the way this place is structured. I, let me find it because mm-hmm. I know I marked it in the book here. I took a note somewhere in my book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think king even refers to being in charge of an enclave. I think it means being like the top general. Hmm. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, yeah, here, uh, page twenty-four, middle column. The ultimate goal for any Achillean is to gain command of their own phalanx. 
This yeah. honor is earned through exemplary service rather than inherited with new commanders ordained by military council of elders. Oh, yeah, there Such you go. battle yeah. leaders are granted the title of king or queen and confirms ascension to the highest level of society. Yeah. Now, the very next sentence is yeah. these are this. Okay. By contrast, outcasts and libertines, libertines. <laughs> That's the phrase they're using here. The outcasts and the libertines, which we are totally going back to that medieval sort of, this is, you know, <laughs> who yeah. do not earn the trust of the elders are often assigned to the rank of thrallmaster. Yeah. Becoming, so the Namardi don't even have Namardi in charge of the, their units. Right. Anybody who is sitting there who is like screw society, they're the outcast. I don't like I don't like the caste system or yeah. they're just emo or they're because <laughs> um, yeah, on the other page they say uh, about the thrall masters the usually under the direct command of an Achillean thrall master. This rank is considered by other Achilleans to be dishonorable and is yeah. often forced upon outcasts and disgraced scions. Well. Yeah, because some because think about it. Yeah. Uh, I everyone is 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 aspiring to earn b- glory in battle to become a king, right? right. Or they're mm-hmm. a wizard. These guys, listen, you've reached the peak of this part of that job, which is you're in charge of these Namardi, and there's really no glory and honor to be had. You're just wrangling them. You're like a Namardi farmer. Yeah. And I just love how it's the outcast. It's like, you know, they don't, Mm -hmm. these are the guys who are just, you know. (laughs) It's like they put a lot of, they seem to put a lot of effort into keeping the Namardi, like, alive. But then they treat him like dirt. (laughs) Because, yeah, (laughs) but don't they do that to everybody? Think about it. The elves (laughs) treat everybody Every other race is a lesser race to the elves, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what they're taught. And these guys are born with withered, pathetic souls, and they Mm -hmm. would have died had they not gotten a ton of magical boost from, and who does the magic? Oh, the Achaeans do. No, well, the Isharan. The Isharan, yeah. 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 So unless the Isharan had, so they are, they're beneath them. Mm Mm-hmm. And they do, they talk to them like they're slaves. Right. In the little box outs. It's... Right. So part of me is wondering, like, why do they bother? You know what I mean? If they're just going to well, treat them like... Well, because of, then their race would die off. Yeah. So they're, like, treating them like just kind of just nece- like their necessary burdens. Sure. But that's like any caste system. Look at yeah. the caste systems from yeah. the Middle Ages. Look at the caste yeah. systems from the 17 and 1800s. Yeah. I mean, there are societies that still have a caste system, and this is how it still works. Mm-hmm. It's and, brutal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I just keep picturing a, the guys though who like just don't fit in because they don't want to. Yeah, like they don't really like the way society's going. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Blood Bowl is a crypto fascist metaphor for uh, <laughs> for uh, chaotic uh, wars in general. And you're yeah. like, who? They look at that elf and they're like, thrall master, thrall master, yeah, out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, totally. some elf with a with it with a with an ironic mohawk, not a not a chosen <laughs> one. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, You know, just wearing weird garb and not carrying around. You know, his trident has four. Right. You know, we just stab people. He's got a quadrant, not a trident. He's got a fork. 
Yeah. He's got a fork. You know, I be, listen, we use these tridents to rip out souls to feed ourselves. We're just going out and farming these things. So I'm not going to use a trident, man. I'm going to take a fork out to battles. So it got four yeah. prongs. Yeah, not thrall master, get out. <laughs> like that's these are the people that they're getting rid of in my mind. I mean, yeah. you know, because it's the out. Like, why would you be an outcast or or some sort? And like I said, the libertine. I'm not really into the fighting portion of this. I got. Right. I have other hobbies I want to do. Get out of <laughs> get, here, get out of here. <laughs> Thrallmaster. You're out. <laughs> and you know the Thrallmasters are all together, and they're just like, oh, yeah. yeah they, uh, those they, other guys, man, they suck. They think they're so cool. They're in charge. My soul's fine, and I don't got to do all that work. Yeah, I just got to. They, oh. they definitely, they definitely have their own Discord. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, I'm dying. Okay. Oh, Sorry. but yeah, yeah. So the Achelians all become kings. The the Isharan are the magicians, and they mm-hmm. are identified at birth and. Yeah. M- a mark to attend the third school, kind of like hey, you know, kind of like Hogwarts. They're pretty much tagged at birth for those schools, aren't they? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, they're assigned to arcane specializations. Uh, and I like the city building, healing, and diplomatic pursuits. To so, so I love the guys that they talk about who are the ones who can just take coral and stuff and 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 reform it. Yeah, and this is this again goes back as you were saying to the wood elf stuff, even the mm-hmm. Tolkien elf stuff, where I'm not going to cut everything down and rebuild it. I'm not mm-hmm. using stone. To, I am r- magically reforming the coral, but leaving the coral whole. Right. The wood elves did that. Yep. You would see them do that with you know, f- causing the trees to grow into the shape of their home, right? Rather than they, cut it down and build it. Well, that's that's the only way the. The dryads would let them exist in that in those woods, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so that's those that's interesting, and I didn't think about that. Then, of course, you got the tide casters, the guy, the soul scryers who navigate the dark via spirit light, and, you know, and the soul renders who remove them, and the soul wardens who take care of them. Mm-hmm. So everybody, they've got they, man, they got a lot of jobs going into this book. They're not just going to war. Yeah, you've got the leaders, but then it's like, okay, these are the guys who are going to tear all the souls out of these guys. These are the guys who are going to grab those souls and make sure they're kept and 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 held and used proper. These are the guys who are coming in and overseeing and doing the accounting of all of this to make sure it's all happening right. Yeah, this is a lot of superfluous, <laughs> yeah, you know, stuff on top of the needs of this army. But it's yeah. it's. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's I just, there's just like the, this. I, I I like the inner conflict of this of the thing which the stuff that they do the Achilleans do is just just terrible yes they're horrible <laughs> like they go like it actually says in here they they have this 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 practice this uh where this 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 voriptus this Frithian practice voriptus a brutal custom that tasks students with infiltrating the namardi compounds of their own enclave and slaying at least three of the thrall warriors within Yep. According to the hot-blooded Foyth, then, this ritual keeps both the lesser cast in check and hones the ruthlessness of their graduates, like W2F, man. Oh, well, yeah, but that whole <laughs> but that whole enclave is just bananas. Yeah. Okay? I mean, they're, they're, they're crazy. And here's what we're going to do. I think 
Uh, it's roughly about time to take a break. We're going to take our last break. I think our last break. And then what we're going to do is we're just going to come back and we have six, six. We have six enclaves to talk about. Okay. We're just going to talk about the enclaves, and then I think we're going to call it. We're not going to go into the, the lore of each of the guys because when we talk war, you know, that's after we talk about all their cool special abilities and stuff, we generally spend some time discussing whether the characters, the units match the uh, yeah the thing. And this is a short one, too. It's only got what? Let's see. There's... They got, what, 14... No, 16. Yeah. They've got only 16 entries. Right. Most of those are are characters. Oh, yeah. Battle line, battle line, behemoth. Uh, Alaplexes can be battle line. Uh, You've got Morsar Guard and uh, the Achelian Guards. They can be battle line if there's an Achelian King. Yeah. Um, And then it's leader, 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 leader. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe, okay, at least this looks different. These guys suffer a little bit from, not as bad, but they suffer from um, a Fire Slayer mm. problem where, you know, but they, it's not as bad because they've got the different mounted guys. The, right. They got the shark and the eel and the and the turtle. You know, so they got all of that. But you've got a bunch of leaders, and then you've got Namardi, two, you know, you got your two different types of Namardi battle line. Yep. And then, depending on who you take as your leader or what faction you take, you could take some of the other stuff as battle line. But it's pretty much, it seems like the bulk of the army, unless you're going elite with the Achelian warriors, it's just a lot of Namardi. Yeah. Which are really strong now. Yeah, but they also, and, and they also don't look. They've got enough difference between the the different model. Even the Namardi and the and the Achelian troops mm-hmm. have more differences to them than the uh, Fire Slayers do. That's yeah, true. So, you know, I think what is it? The Fire Slayers non-character models. I think there's only two kits. Uh, yeah, because there's the split there's, kits. There's, there's the Hearth Guard, and then there's the Berserkers. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much yeah. Two mm-hmm. kids. All right, so uh, break and then back and then the six enclaves. Cool. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. 
We are back. We are back. Hello. With the Ion Rack. Um, six prime enclaves. Yeah. Now, the enclave is what they call each of their... Uh, like These are just the different... When they broke off into different groups. Yeah, like their factions. Yeah. I mean, they first come down and they were one big faction. And as they broke off... Mm-hmm. You know, Volturno's just smart enough to realize you can't keep them from breaking off. In fact, they did. They had. They have had fights about people breaking off, and it just yeah. hurts they've themselves. Had, they've had civil wars before these guys. Yeah, because even these guys have trouble getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Iron Rock. The Iron Rock consider themselves the greatest and brightest of their kind. They regard it as their duty to lead their fellow enclaves to glory in uncertain times. Bold wayfarers and masterful negotiators, they seek to seal alliances that will ensure the future prosperity of the race. Um, of all the Sutai, the ancestors of Ayanrach were closest to the ideal envisioned by Teclis. I think there's an interesting bit of description here that they talk when they in this part here. It says they're gifted in oratory and magic and blessed with the charisma of born leaders. Yet, like all their kind, they were cursed by a seed of horror deep within their souls, a tormented psyche that could neither be healed nor pacified. Yeah. That's interesting. So it says it was damaged to their psyche. Mm-hmm. So, so it's, just like, it's just like built into them. They can't, they can't do anything about it. Yeah. And... Uh, with that, with that talk about the 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 Malachi, I'm just wondering um, if that if that's part of that. It's just it's 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 pretty well written. Mm-hmm. All things being equal, um, they get down there, and of course, they don't even trust each other because they're running away from from Teclis. The idea of a united undersea empire might have died at that moment had it not been for the progenitors. Of the Iron Rock. They suggested that representatives just periodically reconvene right. in what they call assembrals. So right. they were about to leave. People said, no, things are starting to get ugly. And finally, mm-hmm. the guys just said, look, that's fine. Let's go, but let's meet up and keep together at least. We need to, yeah. st- you know, we need to stick together. We're already in danger. Right. So they, so they found like they, they, they've got the port, you know, the different realm gates that are under the ocean. They can connect to each other that way. So that's what they decided. That's how they're going to do it. Um, the Iron Rock also, um, they they kept, they not only kept the Ideneth from completely fracturing in the beginning, the mm-hmm. one, they, you know, they, they get the assembles, but they are also the ones who, when they realized that it was hitting the fan, reached out to Sigmar. Yeah. These are the guys who said, look, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I like how some of these uh, different enclaves, <laughs> they're totally willing to go up to the surface. They're totally willing to steal souls, kill murder, because you know what? Because we got to do whatever we got to do to survive. Mm-hmm. But when Chaos and Nagash are at their doorstep and what they got to do to survive is team up with non uh you non know, deep non deep kin. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are like, nope, that's a that's too much. <laughs> yeah, that that's your sticking point. Teaming up with these people who are also fighting, you know, the enemy of my enemy sort of thing. Like you yeah. can take Maybe care of chaos. Did. You can go back to stealing souls later. 
Yeah, I mean, they must think that those you know those people are prey. We can't. I we well, can't I guess. with them. You know. Uh, but I just think it's fantastic that that's their hang-up. Of all the mm. crap they pull that we've been talking about, that's their <laughs> hang-up. Yeah. Um, and don't forget the Iron Rock are l- the only one led by a living Sithai. Uh, Volturno. Volturnos. Volturnos. He is the last mm-hmm. of the ones who actually left. Yeah. Is there something in here? Did I miss it? Maybe it's under the unit things because I, I kind of skimmed those a bit because we're going to record that later and I didn't have mm-hmm. as much time. But uh, does it explain how they're able? To, I know I read somewhere. Like, they are elves. They have lungs. They breathe air. How yeah. do they live under the water? Like, there's so, some magic going on there too, yeah, right? so they use their magic to basically create their domains underneath the ocean they but like so they can breathe water no they breathe air but i think they use the their their magic to create their environments under the water and you know suppress are they in the, a bubble or i, th- I think so i like thought I, that i thought they lived with all that pressure like that was part of the thing that they well i think i think they push away the pressure with their magic oh see i just i kind of i just assumed it was like literally on there because how else are they swimming through the water if mm-hmm. they're not, I mean, because if they, I mean, once again, even if you got a bubble, like a like a little Gungan City bubble yeah. around your 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 fort, mm-hmm. you still got to go out and go through those waters to get through the webway portal. Like they got to be able to go through the water mm-hmm. and stay under the water, which means they got to be able to breathe underwater and they got to I... be able to take the pressure. And I remember reading it somewhere, but I don't remember seeing it in this book. That's mm-hmm. you know how you say you you don't quite get. I get the society. Yeah, I don't get how they live there. <laughs> how they live? Like, and I know it's probably something that was explained and that I missed, but it's just like, how do you not die? Yeah. How do you not die being eternally under the water? That's yeah, I you think, know, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's that's why the Isharin are so vital to their societies because they yeah. make it possible. Well, and I know the answer is magic. I just still would like a little bit more than that. Like, it's yeah. not necessary. I get it. Yeah, they're not I wearing like, it. Yeah, they're not wearing like scuba helmets and stuff, you know. Exactly. You know, right. no bubblehead charm, no nothing like that. Just Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're breathing water. I don't think these guys have gills or They don't think like they that. have gills either. That's why I'm wondering what mm-hmm. how it how does it work? Yeah. All right. Uh is this Domhain? Domhain? Do- domain. Domain. Domhain, Dom- yeah. Okay, the forebears of the domain were filled with reckless spirits, quite unlike the cold mane of the majority of their kin. Uh, they were one of the first to part ways. They settled in Gur, of course they did, because when you're ref- restless uh, spirits, reckless fighters, you're going to wind up in Gur. They were constantly attacked by predatory fauna. More than half of their population was slain as Dang. they were moving through Gur. And they established Rundhar, the secret city built into the natural chambers that honeycomb the canyon's walls. They were the first, among the first to learn how to shape living coral. And they used this knowledge to erect elegant towers and citadels to protect their newfound kingdom. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but then you get this center paragraph is their big defining thing. They have ever been outsiders among their own kind. In the past, they waged war against the Iron Rock as a response to the first enclave's aggressive colonization, culminating in the infamous Battle of Tears in which thousands of Idaneth lives were lost. Dang. Since those days, the Domhain have attended 
but a single assembral when the Akarian lantern was stolen and the existence of all the enclaves was put at risk. Mm-hmm. So since that fight, when they were just mad that the Iron Rock were expanding too much, taking up too much space, they felt they were being too too big for their britches, and yeah. they actually went after them. Since that fight, they have not shown up. Yeah, they've been gone. Yeah. They have not shown up at a single assemble ex- with the exception of when the lantern was stolen. Because even they were like, okay, we cannot let this lantern get back to the hands of Teclas. Right. Which I think is just fast. Like even they, even these guys, like the most reckless, yeah. the most seclusive, are like, all right, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's that should cool give you, if it, listeners, that should give you a hint of how bad it was that they lost it when we talked about Marathi stealing it, and you're yeah, like, they stole a lantern. Yeah, right. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they are divided into seven great clans, each named after a different mega predator native yeah. to Gur. Um, I really like. This too, because each, like you said, each has the, so they're each one is named after one of the big mega predators, and each of them sort of takes a bit of the characteristics. Yeah. They have their own violent customs. These guys uh, file their teeth to points. The guys who like the the tusk cars actually take the little, you know, it's like they're licking toads. They got they're taking the right. the puffer fish poison or whatever, and they're using it. Yeah. Uh, oh wait. So they're taking weird poison, you know, uh, chemicals before going to battle. Is this mm. that? Isn't that a dark Eldar thing that or whatever de- they're definitely called? Definitely is. Yeah, battle st- battle battle stims. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their reputation for sav- you know, this enhances their reputation for savages. Now, what I really like is how these guys take orc souls all the time and the more mm-hmm. orc souls they take the more belligerent they become <laughs> that um, makes sense some of their inherent fury and belligerence is filtered into them over the course of multiple soul graphs they appear to delight in the crash and violence of combat in a matter manner other than Idanith, <laughs> uh, that other Idanith find distasteful and yeah. I love it that these guys the Domain are just like here <laughs> we go yeah so <laughs> brutal and cunning yeah I love it. <laughs> That's a great one, and they're just yeah they 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 have adopted Gur like it has affected them. I think right. that's another interesting thing because they always talk about, you know, people who live in Akshi have fiery tempers and blip. that's like the the, the go-to example, right? Yeah. You know, each realm imparts that. Well, they live in the realm of light. Mhm. Okay, it should be imparting that onto them, but they're broken and it doesn't, so they don't fit in. So they mm-hmm. go to these other realms, and and as we said, the, the realms affect you. Yeah, they sort of take on the aspects of those realms, like Ironock. Those guys are in Hish, Dalmhain. Those guys are in Gur. Like we get to the next one, the the Shuithen, You know, it's kind of obvious where Consumed those guys by are. by rage. Oh, look yeah. where they. You know. <laughs> yeah. And they're in Akshi. Exactly. Um, they are the only major enclave that is entirely controlled by military campers. So, whereas the other now you have the Isharan and the Achelians, and uh, the power is generally balanced, although sometimes sways to one side or the other. Mm-hmm. But not here. This is full on Achelian. The yeah. the fighters are in charge. Right. 
Um, they raid constantly, even when the Reef of Souls is filled to capacity. I love they. <laughs> I just love the concept of a Reef of Souls. Where do we keep them? Well, we're underwater. Yeah, we keep them in the coral. Like you know, well, they don't yeah. have the gems. They don't have the gems of the Eldar to store mm-hmm. the souls in. They keep yeah. them in the coral reefs. So, I got a question. Yeah. So if there's a dying. I don't know Deepkin, right? He's dying. He's going to die. He's like, he's mortally wounded. He's going to die. Does the, does the soul render guy like go up there and take out that guy's soul and put it in a, and put it in a gem, you know, put it in the soul reef. Maybe. I mean, I would assume so. Right. That's what they, that's what the Eldar do, right? You take at, at least the whole souls. I don't know about the Namardi. Do you want to take a broken soul and put a broken one that withers on its own know. into? But if there's an Achillean soul, he's guy's dying. He's not gonna. He's not gonna make it. He's gonna well, okay, die. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so Achillean yeah. or Isharan. Um, See, does he get his soul plucked by the by the soul render? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Maybe. I would think. I mean, uh, I, I'll give that a definite maybe. Yeah, because what's the the soul reef? I mean, is that where they keep the souls? You know. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing Kinda about like, the oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say something dumb. Go ahead. <laughs> last thing about the <laughs> Fuetan, um, you know, the the other ones don't like them because they are kind of they're 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 kind of jackholes. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Their callous and belligerence has not endeared them to their kin. In fact, some have intimated the entire enclave is infected with the Malachi. Uh, but there is no proof, outright proof, that's ever been discovered that they are all infected with it. Mm-hmm. But there are rumors that they are because of how crazy they get when they're fighting. Yeah. Uh, the Morphon. They are from the realm of death. I do kind of like these guys. Um, from the realm of death, they understand the power of fear. When they bring in the tide, it's much scarier. There's more fog. There's yeah. more just slippery moving about. It 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 brings it's clamier. It just brings in that horror aspect to it. So these are the the realm of death guys, these mm-hmm. are the Shaiish dudes. Yeah. Yes, their gloomy sea is known for its oily, jet, oily jet black waters. It's oily water, yuck. Mm-hmm. A strange sheen of witch light seems to cling to them whenever they emerge to raid the shorelines. Coldly pragmatic, with a talent for soul magic, they can resurrect slain to Marty almost as quickly as they fall in battle. Which is hmm. that's really yeah, huh? <laughs> How are they doing that? Uh, it is true that they attack the settlements of the dead almost as often as they strike those of the living, and this may yet s- spell their doom. Since Nagash has become aware of them, legions of the undead have been sent to scour the great great quagmire for the elves' presence. His eyes wow. are now fixed upon the citadel of Mordreke. Mordreki. Mordreki or something. Uh, yeah. They know it, and they are preparing for it. Yeah. Um, so it sounds to me like they're... I mean, do undead have souls? Like, I don't think so. I don't know, but I mean, but they <laughs> can. Like there is one know. of those stories, uh, and I think it was, maybe we skipped it in the in the space timeline where they went after the vampire. Mm. 
and that vampire oh, yeah. was going after them, trying to get some revenge for some raids, and they did not kidnap. They did not kill him. They kidnapped him. Mm-hmm. And that was... Uh, um, yeah, nope. so, so it says there has been accusations of outright necromancy and the transferal of withered, long-dead souls from undead beings into living vessels. Yes. Yikes. That's accusations, though, not proof. Yeah, here it is, the blood coast with Neferata. She sent the vampire lord Radvok, and he's fighting, and oh, yeah, there you go. Um, she... He's knocked from his steed, and they bind him in fetters of ice. As he is dragged beneath the waves, the vampire realizes to his horror that the Morfan were seeking a much grander prize than mere mortal blood chattel. They came for him. And remember, yeah. he, they prolong their lives through drinking blood, right? He's a vampire. Yeah. How much you want to bet this guy is being poked and prodded and studied to figure out oh. how he, is, he maintains his life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a science experiment. He is. That's <laughs> Oh, real, man. Yeah. There's some cool stuff happening with that with that group. Yeah. They're in a lot of danger. And they're and there's all, you know what? If they're stealing from there, hey, eventually everybody dies. If we could take their soul and then when they die, do something with that. Yeah, because what is Nagash always PO'd about, right? It's like people not giving up the souls which are his due right the right. guy thinks all souls are belong to him right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which isn't happening obviously people are dying and sigmar is you know sigmar the soul thief is taking He's them stealing them off it's like i don't deepkin are taking them and putting them in their people and apparently they can recycle souls which is interesting yep and so yeah he's mad at and the gash is mad at everybody like well, you know, yeah yeah dar uh, they are another enclave that has splintered from the Iron Rock. They are in Gairan, mm-hmm. uh, the center of a great kelp jungle. They established the heart of their realm, the Driftwood Citadel of Cranstock. I kind of like it's a Driftwood Citadel. That's an interesting one, too. Yeah. Um, they have gone much farther inland than most others have. Mm-hmm. Um, with control of the important worldway known as the, Loth- the Lathway, or Lathway, they are able to launch raids into any of the mortal realms. Yeah. Uh, and what s- truly sets them apart is their Isharan, especially their soul scryers. Working together, the elven mages have unlocked many secrets of the soul and the ways in which it can be healed. Mm-hmm. It's their hope one day to ensure that all Idaneth are born with spirits as hale as their bodies. They have a great yeah. reverence for nature. In fact, the spirits of the forest are welcome in there. They work closely, comparatively to other races. They work very closely with the, with uh, Alarial and with yeah. the uh, the Sylvaneth. Yeah, so these are kind of like the stealth group, right? They yeah. like camouflage and yes. themselves, and that's kind of awesome. But I think it's also cool that the because I mean, just about any race, even when the Stormcast show up in. Gairan, like the the dryads don't like them, the right. tree spirits don't like them being there. These guys, these guys are the woodiest of all pseudo wood elves because they actually get <laughs> yeah. along with, and they live in the kelp uh, forest and, and stuff. It, I think it's I think this is an interesting yeah. Group. It's cool that they're they're from Gairan, so they're of course they're focused on healing the souls instead of 
stealing them or recycling them or you know whatever they take on the aspect of their realm you know which is Skyrim. exactly it's cool all right last last enclave <laughs> nautilar these are the guys who live on the they turtle. live on the giant turtle of course it's called nautilar because it's like a nautilus which is a big shell beast yep um, they were, me- they were members of the Iron Rock Enclave, uh, who wanted distance after the civil war, after the civil war with Domhain, these were the guys who were like, uh, you know what? We just, we just kind of want to go. We don't want to pick sides. We don't want to be involved in this. Yeah. Um, they were granted the city of Galinar established by Iron Rock artisans on the debris littered bed of the Maithnar Sea in Gyran. They didn't realize that the desert of shell they had settled upon was the back of a scaphodon. Long thought extinct, these titanic beasts can grow to the size of an entire landmass. That sounds better than a continent size. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. It's big, but that just, once again, it's the, the, the grammar bothers me in that. Um, it took up. It took to the open ocean, eventually passing through a whirlway and seeking the warmer waters of the Atlas Ocean in Gur, where it remains mm-hmm. to this day. Protected by the behemoth that carry away, they they named it Nautilon. Yeah. And so they are the Nautilar, the ones who live on Nautilon. Makes sense. Um, so this is supposed to be the 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 enclave you take if you're going to take like the 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 Leviathan army, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, let's. In fact, let me just take a look in the back. Because um, you can take a bunch of them. The Alapexes are battling in a Foython army because, you know. Yeah, because they're all sharks and want to kill you and stuff. Right. And <laughs> right. where are the Leviathan battling if a Nautilar army, the mm-hmm. behemoths. So mm-hmm. in a 2,000-point game, you can take them as battle line. Uh, yeah. They're 500 points apiece. Right. So, so you, you could take have, you could have three, three of them, and then mm-hmm. you got to take a leader. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> wow. You can take an Achillean king. Two. You can take one for two fifty. Mm-hmm. There you go. You can, <laughs> I, yeah, that just seems you have four models in your army. Well, you still have two fifty left. You could take a couple of other characters. Oh, that's but, true. Yeah. You know, you're on a couple of casters, I guess, but. God darn. All right. So, yeah, they um, constantly assailed by the monstrous wildlife of Gur. They learned to harness the awesome strength of the shell-clad giants known as the Leviathans. Yeah. And in battle, armored wedges of Nautilar Leviathans are driven forward to smash holes in the enemy line, the diamond hard shells providing a shield for the advancing Ideneth. Yeah, that's the that's the one that they – because I don't think the – were the Nautilar in the old book? I don't know. I don't remember, but if they weren't, then it totally makes sense. Listen, we got to make the yeah. We're, we're you know we're gonna make the big monster things <laughs> battle line. Battle line. We need a reason. Yeah. Let's make it these fools. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and the Leviathan is actually you know pretty. It starts off at a two plus save and slowly weakens. Sixteen right. wounds. It's kind of. It's kind of it's a it's a cool model. It's cool. Oh, We're not yeah. getting into the war, but it's look. There's there's a lot of cool stuff in this. 
Army. I just the the thing that has kept me from now. I'm almost talking myself into it, but I got to get all my other projects off the table before I would even think about this. Right. But gosh, I kind of like. I'm looking at this. I kind of like it. I just that whole weird, weird riding in the air, but it looks like we're riding in the sea. Plus, I want to know how they breathe in the water. Now I added yeah. that to my list. I want to know how that works. You want a <laughs> societal breakdown explanation? I want a magical water breathing explanation. Yeah, it's magic is the answer. I am glad we decided to break this into two parts because despite the fact that we had a 20-minute opening segment where we had phone calls and we talked about death armies <laughs> and paint scheme. We basically did a mini toolbox in the middle of the listeners caller section. Right. Hey, but we got a call that, you know, hey, it works. Yeah. Forget about it. So I think that's it. Okay. I mean, is there anything you wanted to add about these guys um, that you really I mean, like or something you want to talk about? I mean, it, I mean as far, you I mean, got as far time. As, yeah, as far as lore goes, I mean, I suppose we're going to touch on like the units next time, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to, you know, we 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 get you, just like we've been doing. When mm-hmm. we get to that unit in the lore, we'll discuss yeah. that unit uh, their their actual unit and how they play to the lore. And yeah. then we'll talk a little bit more. I'll try to get a couple of lists together or some ideas of how things work together, what I would yeah. combine. Maybe sure. that's it. Maybe we don't need to go over full-on lists. Mhm. So much like what what little items I'm going to take, but what kind of things are we going to would we put together at least? Like I would take these things for this reason, see what I can get together. Sure. I don't know. That might be more interesting. Otherwise, it was putting together lists. Hey, how what, what kind of hordes can I run? That's basically every list I do. Well, you you can do a awesome horde army with this. Can really? you? Oh yeah. Oh, don't the, tempt me. The thralls are super cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, you could really buff them with. All the different units now, you can get them like, you know, all the you know, any bonus you would want, you could get it with the different characters and stuff. Interesting. Like the, like the Thrall Master, that dude's awesome. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah, that, we'll look at that next time then. Yeah. Also, um, I want to thank Games Workshop because I have a couple, copy of the Thondia book. Oh, and yeah. you'll be getting yours at the store. Yeah, I'll pick we're it up on pick, Saturday. Yeah, we're going to pick you up a book. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to be talking about that. And that really kind of dives into the narrative play, including it's got in there uh, you know, making your own characters. It's got the yeah. anvil in there. Which right. I, if we're going to do this, if we're going to play some Call to Glory and stuff like that, I think we need to have an anvil in there. I think we need to be able to make our own cool little leaders. We could do that. Especially if they're going to grow and get better. Why not, mm-hmm. you know, let's lay this out. I'm I'm serious. I know you're interested. I know Aaron said he was interested. Okay. Uh, I'm hoping to get some of the other locals, maybe Tanya yep. to play. And uh, if we can get something narrative going and just like every other weekend, maybe show up for a couple of games. Sure. You know, and get this story moving along. I tell you, some of the most fun I ever had playing this silly game was when we were doing... Um, Mighty Empires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. I know you played in one. We played in one at the Battle Bunker. I ran in, like know, in, I ran a couple Grove. of them. Yeah, we and, did. We did. We did a couple of them with like the tiles and yeah, the whole thing. And it was a lot of fun. And we had a bunch of people who could, we could never find a time where we could all meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chris, you was nice enough to just 
uh, I like I we had the board. I had sent him a picture of the board. Yeah, we did the same thing. And yeah. he got it up there online, and he would go yep. in and he would touch up who moved where and what tiles or what. And he would set, you know, he would he would do the graphics. Yeah. And then I would do the uh, the updates for everybody yeah. of how things yeah. went. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it was a, so much a, fun. We did a very similar thing as well. Yeah, with that, and we could do. We, I'm sure we could figure it out for this too. Yeah. I mean, we went to the point where um, I told everybody, you know, make sure that you record some of the highlights of your game, like what mm-hmm. things that happened. Yeah. And so when I would get the report, they would say, you know, these things happened, these things happened, these things happened. And so after the rounds, I would not just list who won and who lost, but sort of throw in a, a bit of narrative yeah. for everything, just sort of at least getting a, you know, like a running commentary on the different battles and stuff. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it was so much fun. And if we yeah. could do something like that again, I would love it. Yeah. I mean, we'll have that whole, you know, extra, you know, space at Grognards to fill it up to do this kind of stuff. Yep. And next time I see you, I can get you the, I have the couple of boxes of these models for you. And I've got your board, uh, your six squared mat board. Oh yeah. Nice. Uh, frame. Um, cool. Yeah, and we could totally, like I said, we could just get together at Grognards yeah. and get some games in, and I think it'll be fantastic. Yeah. You know what I thought was curious is, I was just wondering about this, the Thondia book, the release itself, and then the big boxes, that box that comes with it. Yep. Is, isn't that interesting that the timing of, like, the release on that? It's like, we, like we've been doing, like, the Gur Thondia thing for a while, and they're, and Games Workshop is still releasing stuff for it. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, that was one of the things. Everyone said, okay, so we're in Gur, so next year we're going to be in a different realm. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. let's don't rush it. <laughs> like, yeah. this is pretty cool so far, and mm-hmm. I don't need to go year to year to every realm and then seven years go back. Like, I, you know, yeah. if you've got some cool stuff to play out here, let's play it, play here yeah. for a bit. Like, yeah. you know, we've gotten a new edition pretty much fi- you know every 5 years in we've gotten mm-hmm. in between editions weird updates and storyline moves mm-hmm. and okay the storyline is going to shift as we release it, it seems like they release about f- five or six books and then you'll get a storyline shift sometimes it's yeah. more books but it's like you get a little you know now we're going to mm-hmm. release a small box with these two guys cuz this this is going to move the story and now here's the next set of books yeah and it's all got that story-driven uh, bit inside of it, and it's been great. It's been really good. It's been really fun. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this uh, immensely. So, mm-hmm. I had a, I had Chris. I really enjoyed this episode. I like talking <laughs> about fun. these guys. This was fun. Um, <laughs> thanks to all the callers who totally yeah, sidetracked us. We yes, see, more calls. Bring them on. Okay, you know when you when people ask and you've even asked me when you know when we do the, the a lore segment or when we cover a book. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we usually we'll skip the toolbox or we'll skip a lot of the beginning stuff. We're like, "Oh, I missed that. I like that. Why did you Because that's what happens. Yeah. We told ourselves we have enough lore for 90 minutes to 2 hours of lore and the show's pushing two and a half hours because we had a 25 minute opening segment because we got a couple <laughs> of good questions and got sidetracked. Yeah. This is why we don't do that. Uh all right. So, um Oh, Patreon patrons, thank you all the people who make up the almost 1%. You yep. the, the the Patreon Achillians. The yeah. almost 1%. There you go. 
Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for everything. And if you've been thinking about it, uh, we appreciate it. Also, um, new episode of Garage World dropped a couple weeks ago. We are working. I'm getting some new mics for Heather. She hates the mics with the mic stands that I have. Mm. So I'm trying to get together a better mic. And she found a mic she liked, but it's not necessarily going to work with my soundboard. Like it's, it's a USB thing, and the soundboard doesn't have USB stuff. Yeah. And I'm not certain with the phantom power how to set it up. So I'm figuring things out. But once I get that set up with Heather, we've got like four more movies we're going to talk about and review. Plus, don't forget, near the end of summer, we're going to both Gen Con and Flashback Weekend. So we will have other things to talk about in Garage World. Um, so, hey, listen, if you are a patron, um, at I think I called it, what is it, the three-color minimum or tabletop standard level, mm-hmm. um, you, there's these just episodes of stuff that's not Warhammer that you can listen to. So go check it out. Uh, if you're having any trouble finding it, let me know because it's supposed to drop a like a, a, a thing a, a feed list so you could download it into your favorite player and and listen to hmm. listen to it uh, it's just my wife and I talking movies and junk right now but it it's fun it's something else if you like the show and if you're already giving us money like thank <laughs> you so much but hey here's you know here's some stuff like try and you know maybe you like it so Appreciate it. Uh, oh, and of course, the associate producers, Christopher Sanders, Jake C., executive producers, Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne, and that newest patron that now we know. And isn't it isn't it ironic that I get to pronounce his name correctly this episode, even though he came on last episode, and his name yeah. is John Sealander? Oh, yeah. Look at that. See, look at that. Everything that works right together. Right he segues working. Work so... Nice. Uh, thank you guys. Thank our uh, thank our, uh, our corporate sponsors, Casework Superstore, Six <laughs> Squared Studios, and Grognards. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, man. We'll be back. You and I will be back in a few days, probably working on the war segment and get this out. Yes. yes. Um, we have so much cool stuff to cover coming up. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. And this isn't even. We don't even have. The new book uh, uh, and the new Night Haunt book, uh, which is going to be great. Yeah. So I, I would assume those books are going to come out at the same time. Or within a couple weeks of each other, yeah. Well, Deep Skin and Fire Slayers came out the same time. Oh, that's so. right. They did. So, yeah, these should probably come out soon. So that's going to be another month of stuff for us to cover right there. So mm-hmm. we have so much up and coming. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, but now we got to stop. we got to stop. I can't... I. I'm having trouble finding the end here, so let's just end, okay? <laughs> okay. Folks, yeah. until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. Oh, Sigmar! Boop.